Hi everyone and welcome to episode 21 of the 1-1, your West Australian racing podcast. My name is BJ Ryan alongside the Perth racing guru, Terry Layton. Welcome aboard, Terry. Hello, BJ. Good to be here as always. The 1-1 continues to roll along as does thoroughbred horse racing in Western Australia and Australia-wide actually, Terry. Who would have thought that we would have made it this far under the current COVID set of circumstances? Exactly right. As we were just saying off air, uh, the sport of kings doesn't bow down to pandemics, does it? Certainly does not. Bows, bows down to nobody, actually, really. No, that's right. And um, thankfully, because uh, it keeps us in a job, I suppose, but also mm. keeps us uh, sane at the same time. Well, mostly, anyway. But um, just firstly, we're just going to have to sh- uh, send a big thanks to last week's podcast guest, Dan Pierce. It was really a great opportunity to, to get to know one of the state's best trainers a little bit better. And, um, yeah, I thought he spoke really well. I thought the interview came up. Pretty, pretty mint considering the, I guess, the technical issues that we had in this um, sort of remote uh, locations that we were we were all involved with, but um, came through good. Uh, he, he promoted his stable really well. And for anyone out there who wants to find out a bit more about the Pierce Brothers Thoroughbred Racing Operation, just go to pierceracing.com.au and they've got an excellent website that's really up to date and has all the uh, stable information available, Terry. But what the most important thing, that uh, he referenced in, Look, in last week. Just before you get to, I think I know where you're going to head there, B. You know, just before we go down that path, sure. I think um, if you go to that website as well, Dan actually sent me a picture of his, uh, for those that tuned in last week would know what I'm talking about here. If uh, if Dan wasn't a Dan wasn't a horse trainer, he would have been a lawn mowing man. Uh, that was right, his answer. And he right. sent me uh, a picture through of the, uh, the lawn recently mowed um, with the caption, what a feeling. <laughs> so if you go on that Pierce Racing website, there might be a link to, uh, to Dan Pierce's uh, uh, lawn mowing company as well. So um, make sure you check that out for anybody that's uh, got a bit of, um, bit of length in their, uh, their front garden. Yeah, not, not Jim's mowing, Dan's mowing, I think. So, Dan's mowing, yeah. exa- exactly right, exactly right. If Dig Deep doesn't win first up, then um, I reckon that's where, uh, that's where he might have to head. So anyway, that you'll get ahead towards Dig Deep, BJ. Oh, naturally, of course, Terry. Um, mm. So Dan, uh, let all the listeners know that Dig Deep would be trialling at Belmont on Tuesday. Terry, what were your thoughts? How do you think the big fella went? Uh, I had to um, had to wear a pretty tight pair of pants for uh, for the rest of the day after watching that trial, beach. So uh, he went uh, he went well. I think uh, I think anybody that's seen that one would see that he went very well. So um, he'll be resuming uh, Saturday week on uh, on Anzac Day, and um, yeah, all going well. I think he'll uh, I think he'll be fairly competitive. So um, look at it at a time like this with a with a pandemic taking over the world as uh, as big Cole Pierce tweeted us the other day it's um it's time for the people's horse really isn't it let's let's be honest that's that's what we need the people need the people's horse so let's give the people what the people want fair enough but also you had a you were you had a winning double at the Belmont trials on Tuesday yeah he certainly did and uh, Christo Sardelic as well our uh, our favourite uh, strapper down there at uh, Pierce Racing he got uh, escalating over the line that'll be uh, he'll be going around on the Sunday the following day as well so hopefully we can have a, a King's Men double uh, over the Anzac Day weekend good stuff it's all happening for uh, for mm, Terry as plenty a, to discuss next week as, a, as an owner and um, mm. it's good to see but yeah Dig Deep looked yeah he looked pretty stylish Terry um Jared, good to see Jared Noski back on board, and uh, he just um, he just toyed with uh, his opposition the other day. So I would imagine off that 
um, top-notch trial that he would be mighty hard to beat in whatever he steps out in first up. Um, quick recap on what was a long weekend, uh, Easter weekend of thoroughbred horse racing in Western Australia. Kicking, taxing. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> Mentally taxing. I walked out of the whole weekend. It would have... I would have outlaid the bloody the gross domestic product of a small African country, and I've walked out about square. I just, I, I just felt like I either wanted to lose heavily or win heavily. I just didn't feel like it was a square weekend. Something had to happen, so a little bit disappointing for me. But it was an ultra marathon, wasn't it? It was just, it was just never ending and um, kicking off on uh, at Ascot on Good Friday. Uh, we had Flower of War knocking off the fancies, more fancied Angelic Ruler and Flirtini in the. Marjorie Charleston Classic. Uh, she is, she's oh, pretty underrated, we, isn't she, Flower of War? Sorry, wh- where she, were we going, Terry? She is very underrated. Mm. I was just talking about that race. I, it's obviously a different result if Casino War is not in the field. I mean, it, it's, it stops on Angelic Ruler, who had to give Flirtini the card into it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like to see a, a horse that's that far out of its grade affecting the result of a horse race um, in that manner. We, we've seen it with, uh, what was the James Grove runner? Uh, Sterling Estate or um, what's the one I'm thinking of? Copper Fury? Copper Fury, sorry. Um and one of those uh, feature races stopped on Misty Metal, I think it yep. was, and that sort of uh, affected her chances. I just don't see like seeing a horse that's that far out of its grade go race forward and just basically be a um, uh, cause traffic issues for the remainder of them. It's just just so they can have a little outing in a feature race. It's it's not for me. So I would like to see them nah, balloted out going forward. Yeah, well, strong, very strong on that. Yeah, well, did did. Um the set of circumstances, especially with a few of the scratchings, really played into the hands of, of Flower of War with um, Casino War acting as a, a good old-fashioned Terry Layton roadblock. Um, but still, she she made the running um, and she held on for Chloe as a party who had a pretty good day out on on Friday as well. I think, what, she have a treble, Chloe? So, um, uh, she four, maybe. Yeah, yeah she, had a, she had a big uh, big start to the Easter weekend. Um and I don't know whether this brought a smile to your face or not, but I had a little giggle. Our old mate, Star Glitter, <laughs> saluted the judge in the last mm. of the day. Thoughts? I I took it remarkably well, actually. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know. A lot of people thought I must have had something on when it got to twenty five to one, but I didn't have a cent on. And um yeah, I actually took it remark. I actually just sat back and had a laugh and said, There you go. How about that, eh? So I felt a bit disappointed I jumped off. I I'd probably put a line, um, put a line through it too, a little bit too quickly, <laughs> um, without going deep. And I saw a few people had tipped it on Twitter. So that's when I turned the app off and said, "Well, they can go and get stuff." Those people, mm. but uh, no, good on them. The people that stuck and found it, I'm, I'm glad one or two people did. I saw a friend of the podcast, Trav Murray, um, yep. Yep. threw two out on the day and threw out two winners. And uh, Chrissy Blackwell, who, Jesus, I don't think there's many who tip um, as many long price winners as uh, as Chris does on a regular basis. So he he, he stuck firm. So to to the few of them that stuck firm. Uh, well done, a much deserved uh, fill up for uh, for those people, I'm sure. Yeah, obviously a bit more. Um, they're able to practice forgiveness a bit more willingly than than we are, Terry. So um, I'm full of I'm full of hate. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Travis and Chris, very good judges, both of them, and uh, uh, congrats to them. They they got their Easter long weekend off to a flyer. Then we had mm-hmm. um, Saturday Ascot, the second leg of the Ascot double header and that was simply dominated by Bob Peters and the Cerise and White Brigade. They had four winners on the day, highlighted by a super Philly Tuscan Queens real demolition job in the WA Derby. Terry, now 
she obviously, I don't, you know, there's obviously question marks on the calibre of the opposition and um, it was whittled away, which can happen by the time we get to the 2,400 metres of, of the of the derby. But she was um, she was just too far too good for them. What, what do you think Bob should do with her Tuscan Queen that is next season as a four-year-old mare? Uh, there's nothing for her here in, in WA um, unless she's going to try and win a, a Perth Cup, which she may well do. That might be the go. But um, I don't think she's uh, going to be a world beater over a mile. She's going to be a very good horse over a mile, don't get me wrong. But I think she's going to be a um, – I think she will be a very good stayer. So, I mean, I I've, I, I want to see a Perth horse in a Melbourne Cup, mm. BJ. That, but that's purely from a selfish point of view. So, I, I'd love to see one of Bob's um, – one of Bob's attack, uh, attack the the first Tuesday in November. Personally, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I don't think he will though. I don't think he will either. But I actually think that she is a perfect Caulfield Cup horse. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering how much the the COVID situation uh, worldwide will impact the horses coming from Europe and or internationally anyway. Whether and how that's going to affect the um, the Melbourne and Sydney Spring Carnival. So well, it could be a case of she might, you know, as long as we're allowed to travel interstate, she could run into a Caulfield and perhaps Melbourne Cup that might not have a the, local, yeah, yeah, might a local sort of uh, colonial style cup, old fashioned Caulfield and Melbourne Cup. And um, but even if those right. European horses come in, geez, she's pretty good. She's pretty good, Terry. She is. She she beat nothing. Mm. Um, that was a very thin old uh, derby, but she did it in pretty impressive fashion. They just seem to get better and better. These uh, these uh, Bob Peters runners. But uh, in, in regards to the the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup, I actually said to a, a mate about a week ago, I don't want to try and uh, profit from the the pandemic. But I mean, if you, I don't know enough about those markets mm. over there. But if you go through the the Caulfield Cup and the Melbourne Cup markets, they're obviously littered with. Um, quality foreigners and I I think you've got to make a pretty safe assessment that they're not going to come this year it's going to be a locally trained one so for anyone that knows enough about those markets you, you probably are it's probably not the worst thing to shop for a couple of the um to a couple of the locals so if Bob does make his intentions clear and, and he does say a race like the Caulfield Cup um, which is around the same time as the Golden Eagle and that might have that might be more appealing to him, given the uh, the purse of that race. But um, even though it's only over the mile, well, it's for four year olds only, which is another carrot as well. Yeah, exactly right. So um, I yeah I, I suspect uh, I suspect there might be some value in those markets going forward once we know the intentions of a few of these uh, locally uh, locally trained runners. Well, look out, uh, Melbourne, Sydney. That's all I can say. Was uh, mm. the Cerise and White are on their way? Gee, they've got some arsenal there. Um, but yeah, she's uh, she's outstanding and um, was just far too good for her rivals in the Derby on Saturday. Nice little, nice three-year-old, uh, very progressive, talented type, son of a god. He made it four straight and connect. And I've read in the uh, the West Australian newspaper during the week that they are connections of fielding offers from Hong Kong. So we may end up losing another talented youngster to mm. Southeast Asian interests. Terry looks like they're um they're uh, you know they're, they're attacking WA um, based three-year-olds quite heavily at the moment. Yeah, pillaging us, aren't they? Yeah. It's disappointing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they bat those offers away, but uh, yeah, it's it's understandable if they do. So um, we'll see what happens. See what happens. Yeah, it's. Um, I think uh, we've lost three already: Talladega, Cryptic Wonder, Apache Pass, and this could be the fourth. And I'm sure that um, they're uh, looking at some of the other well-credentialed three-year-olds in WA at the moment. So, but there was 
on Saturday at Ascot, gee, there was plenty else happening on the day. I was a. I just, I'm just reading the next line of the run sheet here, and this is what BJ's got written down. We had Condor Heroes winning at fifty to one. <laughs> I know you just, you just, you here personally to stir me up, aren't you? <laughs> Yes, but uh, I'll, I'll preempt that and I'll jump in first. And uh, well done to uh, anyone that um, that uh, the backed Condor Heroes. I was very wrong there. Probably didn't respect the time that was ran. Probably overrated our locals. Probably um, probably didn't respect the time enough. So uh, well done on the uh, on the fifty to one you uh, you stole from me there. Better. I like how um, a few of the Ganjimi Racing owners got on got on Twitter and um, and just reminded you, uh, Terry, yep. which was yep. good that they uh, that they're listening. People are actually listening yep. to the one one Terry, so that's great. Yeah, I thought it was just I thought it was just uh, for the two of us. So yeah, it's a little bit um, it's a little bit confronting, isn't it? <laughs> but they, uh, I'm pretty sure that they, they had a good laugh as well. So that was uh, that was good content watching Condor Heroes uh, cling to victory on Saturday. Um, there was, yeah, there was a lot happening on the day. We had Chris Graham. He he, uh, he is a um, polarizing figure on the one one, but uh, he he produced a ten out of ten. Credit where credit's due on on Dark Choice. Tell you what, I've given Condor Heroes a, a whack. I've given Chris Graham a whack about not riding a um, any horses that uh, take a sit. And uh, yeah, they've both come out and made me look like a goose. Not for the first time, but um, yeah, it was an absolute cracking ride. And do you know it was a really good ride as well from Chris Graham. I. I I can dish it out, but I can also um, accept. Uh, I can also go the other way. He's right on Creative Hero, mm. where he didn't leave the rail. He only ran third, but it was it traded at eighty to one late. It was a big price. That was that was probably a better ride. So um, he's learning, and it's yeah, it's, it's really impressive to see him um, get a couple of uh, nice horses home from the back of the field. Good, yes, and the uh, I guess the major talking point outside of the Derby mm. was the. Um, was uh, Peter Edwards hip and shouldering her way to victory aboard King Blitz? Um, yeah. Went from three back the fence to uh, coming out at right angles and bumping Tollman. Now, um, this ended up having to be settled in the stewards' room with Mitchell Pateman on Tollman uh, firing in a protest against Peter Edwards on King Blitz, which was subsequently dismissed and the result stood. Now, um, Watching the replay as they went across the line, it looks like there was a few words spoken to each other as uh, as they were pulling up as well. So the jockeys' room uh, would have been an interesting interesting uh, place to be following that race on Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm of the opinion that should have been upheld, um, mainly because I backed Tolman. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was on I was on uh, Tolman. I, I was on Tolman too. So full disclosure. It's yeah, it's it's not so much about that. I, I really do believe uh, Peter had a duty of care, and they're saying yeah, P- King Blitz hit the line better than Tolman, or there, there wasn't much in it um, in that sense. Um, to, to overturn it. But wait, how do you quantify what a hip and shoulder takes out of Tollman there where, where uh, he's not expecting it? So I I don't know. I, I, really, I really don't like it. I, I don't like the fact... Um, yeah, I don't like the fact that it's purely done on a margin sense and, and it's not really... It's not looked upon what... Uh, what that could have taken out of the horse. But, I mean, the thing that, I, that worries me more is that I think, I think Peter... And this probably is going to sound a touch harsh, BJ, but I think Peter's going to cause some damage if allowed to keep riding as well. Uh, if you watch her, the, the, her very next ride was on a horse called Billy Jacket um, at Albany the following day. 
The horse is starting to lay in. She hasn't been able to switch the whip to the left hand or stop riding. Um, the fact she didn't knock over Ben Patterson on My Name Star or knock over Brody Kirby on Oxbridge was just um, incredibly lucky. It was just, just incredibly dangerous. And then the, the most crazy part is the stewards say that um, to the trainer, he must continue to use the services of a senior rider. So that means that Chloe as a party couldn't ride the horse, but Peter Edwards can um, at, at its next start. So that's just complete madness. And then if you then look at it even further, Peter Edwards' next ride was in uh, Athlone Castle in the next race. She didn't nearly knock someone over here, but the horse laid in badly in the straight. She was just lucky nobody was around her because she was that wide. So, um, yeah, just dangerous. I just think there's something, yeah, something bad's going to happen. And it's probably now it's time to get in there and um, give her a bit of tutelage from. Jeremy Huswit or whoever's the uh, jockey coach at the moment. I'm not entirely certain, but um, it just it just looks dangerous. I think it's it's important that we probably preempt that and say, look, we just a bit concerned about her lack of ability to steer um, at the moment. It's like she's got the steering wheel lock on and uh, the car's just uh, freewheels down the straight. So um, um, I'd like to see something done before somebody gets hurt. Well, I think the DJ. stewards had an opportunity to do something about it on Saturday. But the ten day dis- suspension didn't quite seem to fit for me. Um, but about a month, maybe four, five, six weeks ago, Sean McGrady was on lipstick flickers and was um, had got crossed by the Naconian and and he was about to get put into a pocket by Nangapaba. I think it was Renee Forrest. and um, yep. he was he was obviously on lipstick flickers, who was the favorite, and he's bumped his way. Uh, bumped Renee Forrest out the way and took up a more, you know, commanding position outside the Naconian, if you remember the race, Terry. So I know. he he's this was uh, about two hundred metres after the start. I think it was a twelve hundred metre race, so say about the thousand. He's on the favourite. Renee Forrest is on a hundred one pop. Um just you know, bumped her out of the way, um, gave his horse every chance. So he's got done for improper riding and got suspended for twenty eight days. Now I put to you, I don't think there was a lot different in what Shawnee did on um, Lipstick Flickers to what Peter Edwards did on King Blitz. It was pretty much the exact same situation, but just at a different stage of the race. Um, yeah. Uh, Renee Forrest didn't have to, you know, stumble or um, f- almost fall or whatever. It was, I don't know, it was, It was. Uh, you know, I, I'm not in the camp. I don't necessarily think it should have been upheld. I think the, but um, I, I think the ten day suspension didn't really send the right message to the jockeys' ranks, taking the personalities out of it. The principle of the matter is, yeah, I, I don't really think that jockeys should be going from three back the fence, coming out at right angles, and just you know, um, Byron picketing their way out of a pocket, if you know what I mean, Terry. So, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn Hart, Glenn Hartring their way out of a pocket. Yeah, yeah. My, my biggest concern is the suspension's fine. I, I, I'm not so perturbed as how long they get. I, I want some more um, uh, education in, but she's, in that but sense. She's a senior rider. And how to do it. She's a senior rider, though. How, what are, but she's a, but she, she, race, she rides sparingly. She's obviously doesn't hasn't ridden for several months and comes back and rides a few. Mm. And it's just because you're a senior rider. I mean, a lot of... A lot of the senior riders have never actually outridden their claims. It just gets to a point. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that works, yeah, but, but it gets my, to a point. My where, point being is, like, the jockey coach has got no, um, like, there's got no influence over over senior riders. There, they can only have any any impact on 
Well, they should be able. They're, they're, the stewards and, and the the jockey coaches should be able to have some type of say over that, just for just for safety reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've got a duty of care in that sense. If they don't feel like a jockey is riding at a level that's, um, I mean, I remember after that fall in the Perth Cup, two thousand, the year Cats fun one, they they made a rule that apprentices couldn't ride in a Perth well, Cup. So I know that kilo, was that was forward thinking. Those three yeah. kilo climbers, yeah. So I just think I just think there needs to be some forward thinking before. Um, yeah, because it's just dangerous at the moment. It's just, it's just, it's just really dangerous. You don't, you don't know which way the horse is going to go, and she doesn't seem to have the ability to correct it and straighten it or stop riding. So, um, just a concern that I think we can do something about before something happens. Basically, all right. And the controversy r- rolled on to Easter Monday, the last race at Bunbury on uh, on Monday. There was a uh, there was a bit of a um, situation with the gates where a few horses um, sort of jumped, appeared to jump a little bit earlier or get a slight head start than the others. There was another horse that didn't even jump at all. There was a long delay to correct weight, but um, yeah, I'm not, not fully 100% across the situation. I know a few of the heavy hitters on WA Racing Twitter aren't happy about uh, the outcome and the, the situation, Terry, but, but you and I were both... Um, Pretty chuffed that Costa del Santo got declared a non-runner. <laughs> yeah, we, we certainly were. It was uh, it was well back to the at the nine bucks jumped about six bucks, and I uh, Richie called it in the run, and um, it was actually Dane messaged me afterwards and said um because I think he might have been on too. I'm not yeah. sure. Oh, it was his rider, Mitchie's rider, uh, obviously. Yeah. And um, he said I'm pretty sure it didn't go round. And I said, yeah, I, I thought that too. Actually, I, I thought it was, must have just been wearing different silks or whatnot. So um, yeah, look, I I saw it as a win, but it would have been harsh to take a race off. Kevin Buswell and Lakdar Ramoli. I mean, how many times the secret assault going to burst through a pack and win a race? Yeah. Wasn't that a weird old days racing with the outside fence? And, and it, one, one I want to touch on, and I had next to nothing on it, so this isn't a crow or anything of that nature, but Peppy Jack last campaign runs second to cup night, first up, no mm. trial, goes out in a class, what was it, a class three, class five, um, at Bunbury, and it, and it's wide the trip. It goes around at nearly 30 to 1 on Betfair, and um, it gets the job done. I found that to be um, an incredible little drift for a, for a horse who'd shown uh, how, how tough um, she hey, be, Peppy hey, Jack and hey, me. Yeah. yeah, hey, hey, yeah, I had a one and two chance. Got it I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that we, after that second and cup night, we... We were pretty bullish about his chances moving yeah. forward. <laughs> he didn't really, he didn't really get warm after that. Let, let's keep that in mind as well. Yeah. For, uh, when he comes to town next start, so yeah, no, it was a very odd days racing with um, yeah, the the outside fence looking like it was uh, the, the spot to be. Yeah, and it was it was a York meeting at Bunbury as well, which made it that little yeah. bit yeah. weirder as well because there was some there was some really low grade handicap races and mm-hmm. um, some interesting uh, hard to catch horses. But anyway, it, it's great that um, everyone's getting an opportunity to race and and uh, earn earn money and and um and continue uh their investment in in thoroughbred wa thoroughbred horse racing so it's good stuff but um moving forward we've got a uh today we'll we're recording on um thursday morning it's 11 43 a.m uh april 16 from a racing calendar point of view we have a pinjaro park meeting today wa size produce stakes day at Ascot on Saturday, which we're about to preview, and then the spotlight will turn to the Crayfish Coast for their Geraldton Cup Day program on Sunday. Terry, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a shame that some of the some of the horses that uh, may have headed uh, the class stayers that may have headed towards the Geraldton Cup aren't able to under the intrastate um sort of uh, guidelines that we have in place at the moment. But, um, but yeah, good luck to everyone at the Jilton Turf Club um, for a terrific um, 
Cup Day on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Time to mention our fantastic sponsors, the Mundaring Hotel and Market City Meats. Now, the Mundaring Hotel has been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. As all our listeners are aware, the Mundaring is closed to the public at the moment. However, uh, they do have a takeaway and delivery food and beverage packages on offer um, up in up at the Mundaring. So if you're in the neighborhood or uh, or heading heading that way or just looking to go for a drive and get some get some takeaway, then um, give the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor a call. Let him know you're a one one listener and um, and even just jump onto their, their website to have a look at the the menu. Um, and yeah, we support our sponsors here at the one one. Also Market City Meats, they are the largest retail butcher shop in Perth located at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt and his team run a uh, run a pretty good operation out there at Market City Meats. Drop in, say good day to Timmy. Let him know also that you're a 1-1 listener and he'll take very good care of you. So Market City Meats, they sponsor the very, very popular Get Out Stakes competition. Congratulations to last week's winner, Dave Hodge, a.k.a. Snacky Chan on mm. Twitter. Snacky. Snacky Chan. Snacky Chan. Um, would have been happy with some uh, some steaks then. Have a bit of a Snacky Chan on a, on a nice uh, on a nice porthouse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Snacky. Snacky was a bit peckish, but he uh, he selected Celebrity Queen by 1.7 lengths, and uh, which was nearest to the official 1.57 Marge, length margin. So congratulations to Dave um, and a big thanks again to, to Market City Meats. We'll run through the Get Out Stakes S-T-E-A-K-S competition details, the finer details, before we preview race 10 at Ascot this Saturday, Terry. Yes, looking forward to it. Now, finally, if you would like to read our previews, uh, on the uh, internets, uh, go to the Betfair Hub for Terry's in-depth analysis and his betting strategies and uh, my pre-market preview the leg up. It's available on bestbets.com.au. It's also published on the Ozrace website. Speaking of the Betfair Hub, Terry, I had an email land in my inbox yesterday um, with uh, featuring two one-on-one videos with the one and only Perth Racing Guru. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's definitely confirmed that it's a it's a head for podcast, hasn't it? So you you headed to, to Melbourne for a Betfair function that had to be cancelled, unfortunately. But um, you were able to to um, chat to chat one on one with the the guys from Betfair and uh, and give the the punters or the, give the public a bit of a snapshot into um, who you are, how you run your business, and and a few few pointers. So if anyone would like to check those videos out, there's um, two available um, at the moment go to the betfair hub uh, that's betfair.com.au terry yes they're on there for anyone that wants to waste half an hour it was uh the, the trip was definitely worthwhile though because we uh as i probably ran through a few weeks ago went out with uh cripos was living over there and uh chatty jones and pete antonovitz i always get his mm-hmm. last name wrong um antonitz antonitz that's the one so uh yeah now we had a, a good <laughs> evening out after that uh which Probably can't remember a huge amount of, but uh, from all we what can, was what was the pub was that you're at where the the video oh, was filmed? Um, I can't remember its name. Uh, the fire something maybe it was a rooftop little venue. It was uh, very nice. There was still a hundred person uh, capacity. Uh, it was basically as it was all really heavily unfolding. Mm. I reckon if it was two days later, I probably wouldn't have flown. So. Um, 
yeah, it was an interesting little time, but uh, it was good to get away. Probably the last chance to uh, get to do so for some time, I'd suggest. Excellent. Yeah, so if, uh, once again, jump onto the Betfair hub, betfair.com.au and check out the Perth Racing Guru in action. I think it's time we get cracking on this WA size produce stakes day program terry 100 percent. i'm very excited about this card bj i'm i'm really bullish on quite a few here so um yeah let's let's hoe into it so i think uh from a track pattern point of view it's, it's a rarity we see it out um out this far for a metro saturday meet uh, the 11 meters we we see the rail mm. at uh it's going to be a pretty coolish day overcast condition light westerlies um it could even i mean there's a chance it could play off pace uh, I, i'm not going to be going in with that mindset i'm just going to allow for a fair track especially as the day progresses because it's a it's a very early start and as i said the, the the fairly um it's fairly damning data that earlier in the day you do want to be closer to the speed whether that's the smaller fields or the tempos earlier in the day i haven't really sat down to to quantify that so much but um uh, yeah, I think we can allow for a fair track and uh, and just really monitor it. It, it might allow those uh, settling rearward with cover to be uh, even um, even more suited as the as the day progresses. Bj. Yeah, well, the rail was out what seven meters yep. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some south south westerlies sort of. They were stronger up, yesterday they? than yeah. they're going to be on um, on Saturday. But yesterday, I think mm. if anything, you got to say it played off pace. Yeah, yeah. There were a couple of tempo-related on-pace results, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, you'd have to say that the uh, horses with cover that were able to work into the race with momentum definitely um, had uh, some advantages yesterday. But um, but yeah. So uh, as always, uh, stay flexible and open-minded with your with your with your patterns, and the um, everything will unfold as the day progresses. But um, at the moment, the rail's out 11 meters. I think we've got about 24, 25 degrees. So all set for another good day of competitive day of racing at Ascot on Saturday. Kicking off with race one, uh, 11:13 a.m. start. Uh, guru, so yeah. everyone's got to get up and uh, up and at them early. The starting point is the Mum Champagne Maiden over twelve hundred meters. Probably a little bit early for a Mum Champagne as well. It's uh, it's a bit of snap, crackle, and punt, isn't it, BJ? <laughs> I like uh, I like my uh, I stole that from Richie Callender by the way. I like my eleven a.m. starts. Uh, this is a good little oh, not a good little maiden actually. It's a it's a bit of a shocker but um there's two good uh horses which we uh, mm. or two promising horses i should say which we get to see do battle um in jaguar gray very interestingly um just trialed on tuesday so it's backing up off uh, of four days from a pretty soft little trial um he, uh, she was huge last campaign the, the run behind chatter session on a day where leaders were um, suited the effort behind Silken Eyes um, and Drink What You Like was in that race uh, first up and even going back to her, uh, her two-year-old run behind Specialism and at, at the time Specialism was um, was was really going great guns uh, as yep. a two-year-old so she's just full of class the trial showed she's come back um, if she handles the four-day backup I I think Jaguar Grey will be awfully hard to beat but um, plenty of respect for the Lindsay Smith yard and, and what they do with youngsters so um uh, Lavina, who also trialed pretty well, but has had a, a big gap between trial and race, uh, looks the only danger to me, BJ. Um, from a punting point of view, I'm going to be a bit boring and probably take the 250, 260 Jaguar Grey and take the five bucks Lavina and um, make Jaguar Grey the better of the two results. Bernard, how's that for a summary for race one? Perfect. Yeah. Mm. It, um, I. 
Can't really um, say a lot more than what you did, Terry. I have got Jaguar, Grey and Lavina as the two standouts. I think Jaguar, Grey, all things being equal, should be winning. Lavina was actually one of my top-notch trialers last week. Mm. have a lot of respect for this horse, as you mentioned. But Jaguar, Jaguar Grey has a bit more experience, has had a couple more preparations, Um also, I noticed that when Justin Erkland, she won the last race yesterday with Wee Ripper. Mm-hmm. Um, is a stable that that r- they run in waves. I think the Justin Erklands, and uh, when they train winners, when that stable trains winners, they seem to seem to come in a bunch. So um, this bit of momentum, yeah. So this this horse has got plenty of raw ability. Jaguar Grey, I think it might be the first time he's actually drawn a gate too. So mm-hmm. hopefully Sean O'Donnell can have it uh, reasonably. Uh, at least forward of midfield tomorrow could oh, even be end up end up following the leader. It could do. Um, yeah, but um, I just think if, if the gaps come for Jaguar Grey, I uh, I don't think anything anything will be able to out sprint her over the last three or four hundred meters. Lavina looks the biggest danger. I'll be playing the race almost identically mm-hmm. um, to the way you are, Terry. Very good. We're in unison. Let's uh, let's sail on that last four, huh? Yeah, yeah. I um. I, I noticed that Mim's whim, uh, Mim's win was scratched from today's meeting and saved for Ascot on Saturday, and I think um, he's probably a clear third pick. But um, but yeah, it does look a, a good contest. Jaguar Grey and Lavina. I better be careful giving him a a, a bit of a knock at the moment because everything I'm giving a knock's bloody getting up. But um, Mim's win looks like a bit of a nonny to me, just mm. a bit of a loomer, and a, I don't know, a bit concerned in that sense. I think if there would be. Um, a blowout it might be Jade's ride Tavares just because it'll yep. roll along out yep. in front um, type of thing but yeah two horse race strong lean Jaguar grey BJ okay race two is the budget car and truck rental handicap 2200 metres for the rating 78 plus brigade now uh, important to note that Crystal Valley is a scratching so it's now a six mm-hmm. horse field um we would have both done our form and our markets with crystal valley in the race not that she probably was a genuine winning chance but she would have taken up some of the percentage how uh, how has that scratching impacted the way that you've um you've assessed this particular race terry Oh, I'd Crystal Valley 13 to 1, so I just knock about 8% off uh, all the prices that I'd had listed. Crystal Valley was probably going to settle on the back of Red Army, so I don't think, because um, it really should be a two-horse race with Superior Smile and Red Army, so I don't think we need to uh, look too deep into that scratching. Um, mm. They might have even scratched her just because they didn't think they could beat the uh, the two horses dropping out of the country cups which is understandable there might be a race for for her next week perhaps so, so yeah it probably wasn't an ideal uh, race for crystal valley from a handicapping point of view either yeah. being a 71 rater in a 78 plus had she won she probably would have ended up a 82 rater which is you know, not ideal for for this particular mare. So probably a wise decision from um, from Colin Webster to scratch because you never know. She could have bobbed up and won, and um, and that might have impacted her. You know, her well would have definitely impacted her programming options and opportunities 
moving forward. Yeah, 100%. She would have 11 points. And with the stakes down 20%, 11 points for the 33,000 doesn't seem like a, a huge business decision. So uh, definitely the right uh, the right time to uh, to pull the pin. I think Crystal Valley might go better over the 1,800 as well type of thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see if they can find uh, find the right race for it, maybe over 18, 2,000. So. Um, but I'm very, very, very keen on Red Army here. Um BJ, uh, I, I think uh, he will grab at the back of Superior Smile. I don't think they'll go too hard, being a smaller field. Even though Swift Platinum is involved and, and Superior Smile is pretty much rock-hard fit, um, Pike should just be able to park uh, not far from the speed. Hopefully it gets cover. I mean, there is a situation where Superior Smile gets ahead, of, uh, crosses Swift Platinum or tucks in behind it and leaves uh, Red Army without cover, which that would worry me to a degree. Um, I think if, if you're talking about a tough run race with them both without cover, I definitely think you could have a um, make a strong case for Superior Smile, but I, I think the two dollars thirty, two dollars forty that's available at the time of um, at the time of uh, recording, BJ, um, is is huge. To be honest, I think that's just a mammoth price for a horse that I think should be um, dollar dollar sixty type thing. So, very keen uh, Red Army with the bar plates off. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he's um he's been building nicely all prep. He's um. Bull and Bush Tavern Cup run at Bunbury two back with Chloe as a party on was solid, but he really looked to have that real spring in his step back in the Pinjarra Cup last start and his um and was backed up by the clock as well. His his late sectional times were were outstanding on the day. He looks ready to, it's been yeah, he looks ready to to bounce back to winning form, doesn't he, on Saturday Red Army looks a perfect race for him. Now, this this race was put on um, for those sort of metro-centric horses who were going to go head towards the Geraldton Cup. Now, I put something on Twitter during the week. I, I don't necessarily know whether this race was entirely necessary on the day, especially considering it was clashing with the 3,200-metre WA Cup. And to be honest, like this, Bills O'Reilly's in the field, Swift Platinum, those two horses are, are lower-grade horses who who could have found a, a, another option somewhere else. I see Red Army and Superior Smile were were both entered in the WA Cup. I think it would the WA Cup would be a better race for having them in it. And even if they didn't want to go there, Western Temple, Red Army, Superior Smile, even Juicing Carrots could go to the 1,800-metre, $100,000 detonator stakes next Saturday. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know whether it was – whether this race was entirely – actually, I, I – I don't believe this race was entirely necessary on Saturday. And, um, but anyway, there's, there's prize money on offer. These horses can go around. But the biggest thing that it has had is it, it's, it's, it's given a couple of horses a softer option than having a crack at the two-mile WA Cup. So it's, it's splintered the division on the day and, um, and also it might then flow on into impacting what horses go around in the detonator next week as well. So from a programming point of view, yeah, a bit, yeah, I'm not really sure that this race deserves a spot today, but it's there, it's on the card, and I'm with you. I think Red Army should be winning that um, that 2.30, 2.40 that's around at the moment. Seems pretty juicy for me too, so keen to get involved. 
Hundred percent, I agree with you as well. It's just a yeah unnecessary addition, especially with staking. Um, with all prize money being a little bit lower at the moment, twenty uh, percent lower. I, I I think it was unnecessary addition. It would have made the uh, WA Cup later, which is probably lacking a bit of depth. Yeah, um, yep. definitely added something to it, having Red Army and Superior Small go around there. So anyway, absolutely, absolutely, and also it's a it's a pay it's a pay one two now with um with only like what, three horses that people, or maybe four horses that people will want to be on. So, yeah, anyway, we um, we move on. We do. Uh, the happy 30th birthday to the uh, the flying Tiana Robertson had a winner midweek with um, Al Tani. That was an absolute pearler from Pike, wasn't it? I reckon Tycoon Legend was probably a better run, but uh, but Al Tani was just better handled from Pike. He just so patient, just had the final crack, knew when he had to get in front by, and um, that 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 is probably the the most quintessential. Pike Ryan, well, we see it weekly, but that is just one mm. you just need to watch if you're, I guess, if you're learning the caper. It's uh, it's why he's so much superior and why his horses um, are just so well commissioned and start so short. He's just, yeah, he 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 just like he's like Iceman in Top Gun, like he just waits for everyone <laughs> else to to make mistakes and he just cashes in and he happens so often. Like he's Iceman um, in Top Gun, That's yeah, very good. I like yeah, that. he just sweats on his his rival jockeys and and just waits for them to. To leave the door ajar, and he just bursts on through, like just exactly like Mystery Miss um, yep. last Saturday. You know, it's like, hang on, like we've got him here. <laughs> we've got him here. He's snookered. Uh, you know, um, how's he going to get out of this situation? And I mean, he's got the cattle underneath him, but geez, he's got some courage and some some nous to be able to um, get himself out of a jam. And it, and it happens too often for it to be um, luck. If you know what I exactly mean, right. a lot of people say, "Why doesn't he just go wide on a, on a lot of those?" And yeah, some of them would win by by being mm. plucked wide, but a lot of them wouldn't win as well. A lot of them would have to yep. use that bit of extra fuel, and they'd be found uh, found out late, or they wouldn't quite get there. So um, he he wins more than he loses from from his style of riding. So anyway, on to uh, the Tiana Robertson thirtieth yeah. happy birthday, birthday. Yeah, Tiana Robertson. Exactly right. She, she's been a real um, revelation this season she's in the training a ranks. Fine, hasn't she? An absolute fine. So dead um, set, and uh, even went across to to Melbourne and. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, so um, 30-year-old young horsewoman with a huge future in the game, you would imagine, Terry. So um, happy birthday to Tiana. Um, Wow, last of the line, this this exciting three-year-old from the SJ Miller camp looks like it's placed to win again. My question to you, Terry, is... The dollar sixty, dollar forty five, currently available on the corporates. Um, how does that fit in with your market? Oh, it's a little bit thin, I reckon. Um, mm. They they always they lose one eventually. What have I marked last? I've got a dollar seventy five, so it's probably not too far off. Um, I'm gonna tip. Uh, I'm gonna tip uh, against him here um not with any type of confidence more on the fact that i think i might see a little bit of value probably late for another runner but just from a map point of view i think we'll see uh, a pretty aggressive ride with the claim on kelvin so i think kelvin will go yep. to the top i think deputano will hold the back of kelvin and i think we might then see shadow shifter come across and race uh, outside of uh kelvin uh, that's okay. how I think it'll run. So I think I think Ryan Hill will end up in the one-one or something very close to it with um, with last to the line. But I think Shadow Shifter will be the first horse beaten, meaning Ryan Hill needs to make a little bit more of a sustained run. So 
Kelvin, they went along. I haven't got the data in front of me. They absolutely yeah. motored yeah. along about 10. Yeah, I think it was like 10 or 11 lengths above yeah. benchmark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a really, really tough effort, I thought, to, to stick on um, Kelvin like like he did uh, at his most recent outing. It's actually a five kilo weight swing for that 1.9 length. Um, for the 1.9 lengths. And, and last of the line couldn't have been ridden any better. And don't get me wrong, he's, he's very likely to get the right run here again, but he just might have to get off the back of a slow one earlier and make a bit more of a sustained run. So, um, I'm happy having something small late on Kelvin. Uh, I've marked Kelvin three dollars eighty. It's the only danger. Mm. Um, but just rolling along out in front, they lose eventually. Um, and I think that just with the big weight swing, that uh, that Kelvin might be capable of causing a minor uh, upset here, Beach. Yeah, yeah, me too. Kelvin was a horse to follow uh, from me last week. Um, I in the leg up, I put last of the line on top, but that was not. That was obviously pre-markets, and with with the current, I I, I couldn't tip him um, on the one one at his current odds on heavy odds on quote odds on look on. So I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I reckon there's four sixty currently available on a couple of operators at the moment. Kelvin, I reckon that's pretty good. <laughs> so yeah. I was I was three fifty Kelvin. Three um, Yeah. So I think um, and I, he's going to have that. He's going to and just remember that. That fourteen hundred meter rate run last start, he was coming back from the Roberts, mm-hmm. um, so he was sort of coming back from a potential derby prep back to fourteen hundred. Not ideal, um, pretty tough horse. I remember one day, I think we speak we speak about this often. The day that he knocked off Cryptic <laughs> Cryptic Wonder at Belmont, we don't, um, we don't need that today. Come on, which was nightmarish. <laughs> yeah, it was. But um, he's he's a pretty decent horse, Kelvin. He's tough. Um, the weight swing is interesting. Chris Graham on on leaders is um, is suitable. Yeah, I think at the current quotes, I'm with you. I'm going to be playing Kelvin. Mm-hmm. I think even though, my, yeah, we've been pretty bullish on last of the line from his first start to second up, and um, and he um, he got the job done for us. But at the uh, from a punting value point of view, it's um, for me. I just can't um, look past Kelvin. Do you know what the key is? Uh, key is BJ. Tell me, Terry. It's to be proactive rather than reactive. Mm. You can write that one down. <laughs> did, okay. uh, did you did that one come out on the Betfair videos, Terry? No, I don't. That I little pearl. I, I had half a beer before I'd filmed that, so I can't remember <laughs> half it to be honest. Um, all right, so we're in agreement. We we think last of the line will be hard to beat, but Kelvin's value at the um at the current quotes gives a lot of cheek out in front. I think, BJ. Yeah. Is it? Are we missing anything? No. 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 We're not. Two horse race. Yeah. Hundred percent two horse race. Yep. Okay, so um, moving on. Race four is the Tab Touch West Speed Platinum Handicap, um, thousand meter dash. Mm. Intriguing race, this isn't it? It's an intriguing little race. I've I've taken um, a bit of a price for something early, and it's uh, it's it's basically uh, it's basically doubled in, in price since I've backed it. So I've clearly <laughs> got that right. I've clearly got that right. I'd say. But uh, you've you've got a bit of an affiliation with the with the Robertson uh, Todd Harvey yard. How good is Q Belling, uh, BJ? Yeah, yeah. Well, t- Toddy obviously is a and Clint are childhood friends of mine. But um, and um, yeah, the Harvey, Harvey Racing do a good job with their horses. They had a winner yesterday, actually. Um, at Ascot, which was a good result for them. Fair due. They, um, that's right. They have a lot of time for Q Belling, and um, he uh, he's got yes, he's got speed and uh, class, and he was um, 
two from two at uh, his first racing uh, campaign um, in November last year. Both those runs were – they have really high hopes for for this horse. Um, interesting first up assignment from him with a high draw – no trial. Bit of speed under. Bit of speed underneath, taking on the older horses. Um, yeah, I, I, look, I think, I think he can win. Um, just looking at the prices, I'm not sure about the even money available at yeah, the he's moment. Been, that, he's three three ten two even money, so he's been yeah yeah early. like he's and all all his all his figures were um were pretty. Pretty good too. Like he, so, he went from a maiden win, which was dominant at Bunbury, um, and the time there was was mm-hmm. really good for the thousand meters at Bunbury. And then he leapt into a class three, had a few things against him that day, couldn't find the front, still managed to find a way to win. I thought he showed a bit of depth on that occasion, just to just to get his nose in front. Um, so yeah, he's he's a real talent. Cube Cubeling, but um, not sure about the the price. First up, no trial. Potentially sticky draw, especially if if um, the, the few speed horses are able to, you know, if he get if he got caught three wide no cover, you'd probably want to be pressing the eject button. Um, I would have thought Terry, especially if he'd launched the even money. But um, but yeah, like um, if he could get across and even land outside the leader, he's going to be in a, in a dominant position, and he can certainly win from there. But I don't think it's as clear cut as what the market is suggesting at the moment. What, what did you What did you end up doing? Yeah, I I I, I want to. You'd take that on every day of the week, basically. I mean, you've got Whack and Tanker Barrier Two, Michelle Mabel Three, Round the Point. Who I don't think will go with them. Seven and Jew West Eight. <laughs> Drawn underneath, I think Michelle Mabel will find the top. But Whack and Tanker did really ping the lids last night, yep. so some yep. respect there. And they'll they'll want to lead. It's a different horse when out in front. Um, and Jew West. I, I can't imagine that Pikey will have many other thoughts than to uh, try and go forward and maybe hold out Q-Belling. Could potentially be happy to get the 1-1 one, one and land on Q-Belling's back outside the leader. But um, first up, no trial. It's going to be doing some work. I am um, obviously a very much a, an opinion and wanker. I've priced War Secret's favourite here, Bernard. Mm. So um, it's, it's, it's out to 10 to 1, uh, which I think is probably the most uh, incredible price I've just about uh, ever seen. I, I say that every third race, but um, that is a, a huge, huge, huge price with all the speed up top. I know that Luke's got a big opinion of this horse. Um, the bar shoes do go on, which would mm. concern me. But do you remember when we had Luke on the podcast a couple of months ago and um, Luke explained to us... Um, Luke explained to us how uh, he treats the bar shoes and how he doesn't really see it as a deterrent on his horses. And uh, I felt that was a really interesting uh, insight into how he trains and, and how he goes about things and, and how we should view that gear change as punters with that stable. So um, I'm not scared off so, so, by the bar shoes. So the stewards report said it was scratched with an elevated temperature on Friday, um, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. So it's got – so it's had – a minor, so it was supposed to race first up on Good Friday, is that right? Yeah, and yeah. so it was scratched. Bar shoes have since gone on, and it come and it, and it, it's going around the following Saturday. Um, yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty keen on War Secret on Good Friday. It was almost one of my best of the day, so I was a bit a bit disappointed when it when it came out. So I've been waiting for it to emerge but um, my understanding is it was very very close to running okay very close to running so yep. um uh the extra week just to, just to get the horse a little bit happier um and and obviously well within itself and uh i just really think the top end speed i mean i'm banking on them not giving q belling 
um, a nice easy run outside the leader. I'm hoping a few of them do kick up and yep. make it earn it. And yep. if it comes down to something sprinting past them, I mean, just just look at the rest of the field, and you're you're really battling to find one that's going to be that horse. I mean, the only other horse is she's vital, really, isn't it? She's ra- it's racing. Oh, well. per- Paris Paris is racing really well too. Mm-hmm. Um, one that was just going to keep getting under the guard, but I don't, I can't see it winning. Um, Rapasad is racing really well too from Barrier One, but probably it probably ends up three back the fence. Really yep. tough, uh, really tough ride for Jade from three back the fence over the thousand. Mate, War Secrets ten to one. This is just an absolute no brainer of a um, an investment for me. And I am going to. Um, I'm not going to lose on. I'm not going to win on. I'm going to have the tiniest amount on Michelle Mabel, who I suspect will be twenty dollars plus late. Might even be a Maddie actually, BJ. Okay. Um, I this absolutely tore away over the 1200 first up at Pinjarra Bunbury one of the two uh, when Pinjarra, gobbled yep. up yep. gobbled up by a horse you backed that day mm. I think uh, in um, Paris and George and I think if Paris and George is in this a few people would be pretty keen so back to the thousand if um, it's only having its second start for Wendy Miller and she does train a few to, to jump and run and her her little team um, of Michelle Mabel and Wild Front are both going really well at the moment so um, I think that for young Bobo with no weight he can give a bit of cheek out in front to be honest um bj so i want to have something small on michelle mabel at uh, at 20 plus but uh, i'll be backing war secrets for a good result uh especially if that 10 to 1 i can't get the 10 to 1 unfortunately but if, if you can get hold of that 10 to 1 that's that's absolute party time okay yeah i um i tipped cubeling on top in the leg up can't quote not uh, no value uh, on offer at the moment um I'm with you, Terry. I tipped War, um, War Secrets was a four dollar eighty chance for me, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and the other horse that's uh, that's value is is she's vital from my markets. Um, I can't get anywhere near that price with Cubeling, um, so I'm going to be betting around Cubeling with War Secrets and she's vital. I think those those prices are are pretty sweet as they currently stand. Yep, I. Uh I like your thinking there, PJ. So I'm trying to multitask. I'm no good at multitasking. It's always been one of my uh, one of my Achilles heels. I've got, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got a few of them. Got a couple of legs. But um, yeah, definitely war war secrets for me. And if that ten to one, even if you can't get the ten to one, like as I said, I, I took a far inferior price earlier as I've, I've marked it a lot shorter. I knew I was a little bit biased, and I, I did know that there'd be strong money in Cubaling. Um, but I really do believe that War Secrets um, gets the run. And if, if a few of those kick up underneath Cubelling, then, um, yeah, I think it'll be the one finishing over the top of them for a powerful Luke Fernie yard, BJ. Good. Okay. Race five is a C-Corp handicap. Scratching. Huge scratching. We need, we need, a, we need one of those uh, sirens, protest beep, sirens, don't beep, we? <laughs> May your attention, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to declare it as well. I mm. was uh, I was very bullish, so it might have saved me a couple of bucks here. But uh, Samazdat is out. Um, highly disappointing because mm. uh, I thought the four dollars sixty was uh, it was a huge quote. I'd actually marked it favourite, but uh, we'll never know uh, how that goes. Um, but Samazdat is out of the race, um, uh, which leaves Massimo as a pretty short price elect. BJ dollar fifty five, please, please. Gee whiz, that's thin. Yeah, that would just be the algorithm correction, wouldn't it? After the, I imagine that Samazdat scratching has just come through since we've been, yeah, recording. So it's only ha- would have happened in the last 
15 and 20 minutes. So, yeah, 18 cents in the dollar. Massimo was 260 this morning. So, he's still getting over two to one for, uh, yeah, for, for those that backed it before that. So, that's not the end of the world. But, uh, how, how if you're a big Massimo fan, BJ, are mm. you worried at all about the two trials? I, I always, it always, uh, always garners my attention or raises my eyebrows when I see the double trial. Oh, what's going on here? What, are, what, what can you tell me about that? Never even crossed my mind to be to be <laughs> <laughs> to be perfectly honest, Terry. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that they just they just took took the opportunity to give him a couple of couple of pipe openers. Um, maybe they were just maybe he was just needed to um, be brought brought forward in a competitive sense. But um, yeah, I am. Um, if I'm not, the- is this a climate that we double trial? Especially with a big three-year-old, we just missed a couple of three-year-old races that would have been really fitting for Massimo. Is this a climate where where racing's a little bit iffy to continue? Where you want to be double trialing unless you're really happy with how the horse is going? Yeah, I, I might be overthinking it, but this is just this is just sort of how my brain was working when I was um, when I was looking into this race. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I'm assuming that this was always the target race, and then they were going to go from here maybe to that northern sprint. Perhaps, okay. um, yep. and then yeah, but uh, but yeah, he's he's a seventy nine rider, so the three year old race is probably outweighted in that company. So he he was always going to have to take on the older horses, and maybe that this was just the most suitable option, um, and uh, and part of the the Adam Durant programming. But yeah, if if I'm not chairman of the Massimo Fan Club, I'm definitely on the on the board, and um, yeah, I um. I'm pretty pretty bullish. Uh, I'm disappointed in that Samizdat scratching for um for different for different reasons than 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 you, Terry. But yeah, mm. I'm I'm pretty confident that that Massimo will be winning this. Um, where is he? Where is he in the map? Uh, I've got him in the first four in running. Um, mm-hmm. So where in the first four? Just depends what depends what happens with G Boss. I think um, mm. Mervyn is uh, the leader. Um, if if Chris Graham so, can so, something different, yeah. If Chris Graham can get uh, G Boss to ping and muster, then I can see him outside coming across, landing outside Mervyn, and I just think that Matt Pike on Massimo will just trail G Boss. Really, oh, yeah. um, you love giving him the one-one, don't you? Oh, so then again, it. from from Barrier Six, that's probably a fair assessment. Well, there's just the, there there isn't this. Massimo has actually got. Um, pretty reasonable gate speed when yeah. when Pike wants wants to use it. He's fresh enough, um, and I think he'll be pretty keen to to put him in the in the spot because he knows that Mervyn will will, ha- will have him rolling. So he wouldn't want to be too cold on Massimo, otherwise the race will it'll just get away from him. You know. So if you if you look at the horses drawn underneath Massimo, yep. um, I'm going to oppose Massimo. But so I'm. But this is something very much in its corner. Is the fact you got Hoboken drawn three, uh, it doesn't step early. Nuadaru is a stayer drawn ones, it doesn't step early. Um, Mervin's drawn four, it'll lead. Alpha Sky Barrier two will hold Mervin's back. Um, and then Samizdat's come out. So the only other horses, Guns of Navarone, that could potentially take that spot on the back of G-Boss. Yep. Um, and you, you'd back Pike to either get in front of Guns of Navarone in that spot or maybe get on the back of Guns of Navarone. So, yeah, I, I do think Massimo should get a good run um, from the alley, Burge. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Guns of Navarone is the is the sort of the – actually, more Alpha Sky is probably the fly on the ointment horse. Um, maybe first up a 1,000 – they might be able to cross him and he ends up three back the fence. But regardless, I think Massimo um, is well in um, from a weight point of view. He's well pl- 
placed to to uh, to fire first up. All his um all his three L form last last campaign is um excellent. Holds up really really well. Got strength, class, talent. Um, big fan. I think Massimo will be winning, Terry. All right. Well, I'm going to definitely take Massimo on at the short. So just something's niggling at me about the two trials. And he took he really hit the line nicely at the end of his trial, but he took a bit of reminding from Pike. So I, I don't know if he's come back completely switched on uh, Big Mass. So um, uh, Mervyn at $7.50 after the scratching of mm. Sammers, that is a huge price for me. So I've got Mervyn leading with G-Boss on Mervyn's outside. And I think G-Boss might be a bit of a tired horse who um, may not come back at, at least first up here. And Alpha Sky, who I think Mervyn can shake off uh, first up at the 1,000 metres, which means even if Pike does get the back of G-Boss in the 1-1, one, one, I think he'll, again, have to uh, get rolling early and um, start chasing down Mervyn. So, look, okay, there's every chance uh, Massimo does grab Mervyn, but uh, you do know that I like my prices and betting above my prices, and, and Mervyn is a long, long, long way at the $7.50 um, above my quote, BJ. So uh, a Mervyn win bet here is a, a no-brainer for me. No worries. Yeah, I um, obviously my my uh, the work that I did on this particular race was was with Samizdat in the field, so I wouldn't be sort of stalling anyone into a dollar fifty five Massimo. But I'm I'm hoping for a market correction as this as this. It's a dollar ninety yeah. on the local as well. I just oh, okay, right. Yeah, as, yeah. as this market market matures, and I think we should get something more reasonable on race day. What are your What are your thoughts on? Um, Uni time, good horse resuming no. over a thousand with weight. I imagine it's going to be drifting back and just doing its best work late. First up, yeah, no interest, no yeah. interest here. Yeah, just um, watch it go around, and um, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident that Quinella will be uh, Massimo and Mervin. Um, looks really, yeah, it just looks. I find this now with, with the summer start scratching, I've gone from being disappointed to quite excited because <laughs> um, it allows me to focus on Mervin here. But um, I'm not a big each way punter, but it, it's one for me where Mervin's going to get you that perfect run out in front and roll kick thousand meters mitchy's riding like a jet luke's training like a jet yeah. um you're getting over two dollars a place i mean if, if that's i'm i'm gonna back it win only and then whinge afterwards that i didn't go each way but if you're uh if you're someone that doesn't mind an each way bet uh, it looks one of the uh, the safer each way and and more value each way investments of the of the day i'd say yeah yeah like he's he's my second pick now that sam is out and he's got race fitness and um um Form, form, fitness, edge, and he's um roadblocks. He's uh roadblocks, and he's uh he's he's one his last two two looks at the Ascot Thousand have um been all the way wins, knocking off Plutocracy and and Guns of Navarone comfortably enough. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely the biggest danger to Massimo. Looking forward to seeing how um this exciting three year old comes back and uh and whether he can uh, step up to the plate first up and then obviously what um what Adam Durant and connections do with with him moving forward. Um and that's something that we must do, Terry, because we've got race six, the Mrs. Max handicap, sixteen hundred meters, rating seventy two plus company. Uh, this is one of the more open races of the day. You can make a case for quite a few of these, Terry. What um, Did you do any business on this particular race when markets were released this morning? A little bit, a little bit. You know, I like my business, BJ. Yep. I, uh, I, like, I like to open up shop 24-7. <laughs> so, yeah, what do they say about the punt? It never sleeps. Mm. Um, I am willing to take on – I'm going to go in market order here and just give you a very quick uh, quick analysis. Uh, Mr. Kunif is coming off a scratching a week ago with a f- uh, hoof 
Absis, um, and before that it, it, it won two races, and it won them well, but it was given Perlis, so I'm happy to take him on. Ukgutlock is going really well, going to draw a barrier, can settle closer, um, can definitely win. Laufey uh, was huge. Laufey, Laufey, Laufey? Laufey. Uh, was huge way out of um, way out of grade. You've got you've to respect those efforts. We'll be back near last, though, and I don't know. It's just I don't know really what to make of Laufey, to be honest. It's a, it's a, it's a very uh, very hard one to place. Laurentino's up to the mile with Chris Graham. I just don't, think that, just don't think that price is right either. Sorry, Terry. Laufey looks like a pike price, doesn't it? Maybe, yeah. I didn't actually mark this race, to be honest with you. Um, I uh, I ran out of a little bit of time. I put this one off to last, so I didn't actually get to mark this race. So I'm betting a bit on feel here, which I don't often do. But um, Go for it. Yeah, so Laufey, um, Laurent, Laurentinio, we're up to next. So Laurentinio is a good winner last start. Uh, we'll go forward again up to the mile. Chloe's not on. Probably happy not to go again, but also wouldn't surprise me to see Laurentinio win again. Scoreline's had enough resistance. Um, I like the jockey change there. I like Jade going on, but I'm not sure if um, if resistance will get the right run. I think Utgart Lockie with the barrier uh, will start in front of it in the run, and it might just have it covered in that sense. The runner which I'm going to get to eventually, it's taken a while to get down the page, uh, is Locomotive. Um, I actually made it a top-notch trialer, which is uh, something pretty special for me. It's considering a rarity. Of, it is a rarity, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely an undercooked steak. Um, and um, I, I think Locomotive was really good first up over the 1400, sat deep, um, kept plugging away, just uh, was really honest. Uh, it's a horse I've always had a fair amount of time for. I think um, they can roll forward here, um, potentially lead if they wanted to, but might land somewhere um, around Laurentino. Laurentino could land um, potentially on its outside, but uh, it's a horse I've always had a fair bit of time for. Loved its trial, bit of fitness under the belt. Um, 15, 16 to 1, just uh, each way all day for me, BJ. It's it's that simple. I'm, I'm really happy having something very small on um, on locomotive at, uh, at near man price is just about five bucks short at the moment unfortunately mm. okay i'm not not that confident um on this particular race i know we've got loki on top um justin work stable in um pretty hot form at the moment this fellow hasn't done a lot wrong lately drops four kilos should be able to land a pair or two closer than what he has been first reasonable draw in a while at the moment he's, he's jumping from five um up to the mile, I think he's looking for the mile now at this stage of his prep. Ticks, ticks quite a few boxes. Lucy Warwick's um, riding him well, just keeping him out of trouble and uh, and moving into the race. So I'm sure she'll be looking at getting into a three-wide line and, um, and um, trying to um, sort of velodrome her way into the straight with momentum. So velodrome. I, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed a few of yours this podcast, but <laughs> velodrome her way into. I've never used that one. That's that's good stuff. Sorry, continue. You're right, which you can do at, at Ascot, especially with the rail out mm-hmm. 11 meters. So, yeah, I think Lukard Loki. This is a really nice race for him. There's a heap of chances, but I will also, and I reckon I might even lock her in as my Maddie for the day um british bessie is um is a horse that i've um followed closely throughout her career um i think i tipped her about eight or nine starts in a row before she even broke her maiden status so she owed owed me a bit and then um she's actually put put together a reasonable cv since then went around in perth cup she's got she's got she was pretty good actually pretty brave in the perth cup and then subsequently ran at pinjarra you know, a week or two later and um, ran superior smile to a 
very short margin. Um, yeah, don't be surprised to see British Bessie give this uh, give this a nudge fresh at a mile. For me, it looks like from a tipping point of view, I've got Utgard Loki on top in a wide open race, but I, um, I'm definitely having something on one of my favourites, British Bessie. Yeah, I don't mind that actually. I hadn't really considered British Bessie, but um, I, I probably you probably do need to respect the fact that uh, she could probably sprint pretty well, um, pretty well fresh. So I don't mind that as a Maddie, BJ. Lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, she, what, that's what you needed is my yeah. affirmation. That's all you. That's all you needed to make you feel good about the tip. I'm like, just du- saying I've, it's okay. I've just acceptable. quickly doubled my bet. Thanks, thanks Terry. <laughs> but no, Lawfy was a horse to follow. Pike goes on. Seems to seems to have a bit of a sense of of timing. I just think it's just going to be back and wide and i think it's under the odds at the moment as well so uh we've got loki from a tipping point of view and i'll be uh, as i said i'll be backing british bessie as well very good all right race seven the first leg of the quadrilla uh over the 1200 meters this is an absolute uh a perler isn't it i really like this as a uh, as a horse race um bj Good clash. There's some of some of your um, horses that you have um, have had a bit of uh, success with over the journey. Lining up, mm-hmm. um, pretty mm-hmm. deep race, isn't it? I really like it. Um, yeah, you don't don't say this much depth in a 66 plus all that often. So I um, no, I'm very uh, very excited uh, about this event, and it, it will be my best of the day by uh, by quite some way um, at the at the current price um i'm oh it's actually they've they're actually taking the piss that's just it's just drifted further i just wish i could get on you know how painful it is seeing these prices and not being able to invest um interesting race so we've got a lot of speed here uh, and it's all coming from out wide we've got cramden who uh we actually i actually tipped it in the podcast a fortnight ago winning at 30 to 1 i didn't actually back it myself so i was pretty happy with um pretty happy with my thought process and decision making processes at that stage so another little pat on the back for terry uh lipstick flickers from 12 cramden from 11 um and gates of babylon from nine so we're going to see those three come across and uh put a lot of squirt on into the race um black Duke caddy now, uh, returning on the, off the back of a very aesthetically pleasing trial, wasn't that one, Beige? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so returns on the back of a pretty uh, pretty hot trial and should just land in behind him. And um, Moshard from Barrier 5 is probably the query map horse. Uh, doesn't jump all that cleanly, but probably back Pike in to have it a little closer than um, he did last start when back last... Um, over the 1100 but you do have to remember uh they did draw he did uh draw the wide gate um on that particular day so there was no choice then um huge uh huge is the only way to describe moshard first up uh held up the last 150 meters or so really looked like he um he was about to let down with a a serious run yep um i think moshard could be a really really serious racehorse um a really serious racehorse and i i think this is going to be one of the few occasions we're going to be able to get a price for him um if you go back to when he's first because uh, he didn't move to the fernie yard till after his about 10th start um, started with uh dion luciani from memory yes did did start with dion luciani and uh when he went to the fernie yard i think he's won six of 12 uh, he's only been unplaced twice uh one of those was last start where he was held up the entire straight and the the previous effort was when he um was a last start before a spell so he'd probably had enough there yeah, end of prep run uh his effort behind free trade last campaign at belmont was was huge huge absolutely huge just getting um just getting edged out by that galloper pike he's ridden him three times 
Last start, obviously, when he was held up the entire straight, the pre- previous two efforts were huge, albeit in slightly slightly easier company. Similar grade, but slightly easier company. But they were at just Belmont huge, as well, too. Yeah. But, yeah, at Belmont as well. They were just huge. Aesthetically, they were just huge efforts. Um, I know he's zero for five at Ascot, never been placed here, but four of those were under Dion, and, and the last effort was when he was held up the entire straight. So not, I'm not concerned about that stat at all. I've marked Moshard, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, Confidently, I've marked my shard three dollars, uh, and you can currently get eight dollars fifty. I, oh look, I, I haven't spouted this, but this is the best betting proposition of twenty twenty. Wow, um, by by some length of as well. So um, yeah, I'm I'm really really quite keen here. Uh, I saved earlier this morning. I went up ten bucks Black Ducati, which I thought was a bit. Uh, Probably, uh, I thought all the other prices were pretty much on the money, but I think that was a, a nice little, uh, a nice little grab to, to save on. And um, I'm still undecided if I'm going to suggest a save, but at around five to one, I think I probably will be saying, let's get our money back on Black Ducati, BJ. But very keen, Mosha had an eight to one. I'm going to, um, I'm going to step into it with a fair degree of uh, tenacity and passion. <laughs> BJ. I like it. I like it, Terry. It's good to see you attacking uh, this race mm. with some gusto. Um, My left left leg is going to go down the wicket and I'm going to basically hoik it uh, over cow corner <laughs> and it's going to go about 46 rows back. I'm, uh, I'm very confident here. Can I just ask you, pose the question? Obviously, the, mm. you, know, every, you know, the query- Don't rain on my parade The query here, everyone will be having is traffic, um, potential traffic issues. Obviously, you've got the right- man for the job you also got the right horse for the job as well because it's got point-to-point speed that it can sort of um if there's a gap to be taken it can it can sort of just duck in duck through there um got a lot of talent Moshe got a lot of closing speed um I think it's a I think it's a major player as well for me though um I I'm thinking that lipstick flickers Back to the twelve hundred is going to have, uh, and and hopefully they're um, they're moving along. It's going to have a reasonable field posi- position advantage over Moshard and um, Map for who? Map for lipstick flickers. Where where yeah, else? Where else? Yeah. Where else do you think I'd have it, Terry? Uh, yeah, from barrier twelve, he's got the one one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh come on. Go the go the mo. Sean McGrady with his with his mustache. Um, he will. Uh, he's riding really well. But um, but no. In all seriousness, I've got Gates Babylon. Gates of Babylon. Old Faithful, Gates of Babylon, leading. Um, mm. Cramden with Christy Bennett coming across with speed. Lipstick Flickers has has plenty of speed, so he's going to be either – Lipstick Flickers is going to come across with Cramden. If there happens to be some separation and a spot to slot into, that's where I've got – that's the only spot really for Lipstick Flickers unless um, it can come across and sit outside the leader, which I don't think it will. Um, and I've got Black Ducati maybe – Lead us back if it begins well enough. Um, but that $10 Black Ducati was pretty pretty juicy this morning on the local operator. But, um, but yeah, I think I think the 1,400 metres has been a bit of a stretch for Lipstick Flickers. I th- uh, back to 1,200 metres, she's going to be able to utilise her weapons more. She's pretty smart horse, this girl, and she's going to have a field position advantage over the hardest to beat, Moshad. I wonder if that's going to be enough to be able to see her cling to victory, Terry, which you don't, but I think she might be able to just hang on um, and other, other. you know, I actually thought when you started your summer, 
summation of this race that you were going to go straight to Megazone eventually, but you didn't even no, you didn't even mention no. him. No, it's, this isn't this isn't Megazone's race. Not 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 first up over the twelve hundred here. No, no, this isn't Megazone's race. We'll be patient though. We'll be patient. It's one of my strengths as being patient, BJ. Yeah. Um, okay, lipstick flickers for you, Moshard, for me. One also I did want to quickly uh, touch on. Um, if Gates of Babylon, we've got Gates of Babylon railing, we've mm. got Gates of Babylon railing. I think this horse will be three back the fence probably. Um, could even hold the, the back of the leader for Bobo. If Gates of Babylon rolls off and we've got a hot rail, Dacio is flying at the moment. You flagged yep. at last start that it would run a big race at 60, 70 to one, ran fourth. Um Dacio's flying needs a lot to go right from barrier one with the apprentice on but uh if, if all things fall into place um yeah can run a race from the inside gate with uh with no weight for bye yeah bye. yeah but i um i'm just gonna bow to the guru on this one he is absolutely labeled moshard the best betting daniel Cripp style actually the best yeah, betting proposition yep. of 2020 Moshard, except when when he when he says that it's two dollars eighty, and I say it's eight dollars fifty. The, the problem the, the problem is when he says that they tend to win, so that's the only difference. So Moshard to bring up a third leg of a treble for the Fernies uh, on the on the day, according to Terry. So very keen Moshard, yeah. uh, the Wizard William Pike. Um, Terry's going chips in, which uh, so this this one's yeah. going to be a bit of fun on uh, on Saturday best of the day the price mainly i mean my best of the day is often price orientated and that that eight dollars or so eight dollars fifty i can currently see is um wowee crikey pretty boy oh boy wowee excited about it boy oh boy mm. wowee there's a horse in the first boy yeah. oh boy wowee so we didn't even touch on that <laughs> anyway the uh the wa cup bj race eight over the 3200 meters i i love this as a race in <laughs> wa i know a lot of people see it a bit gimmicky um but I absolutely love this uh, as a race in WA, but I don't love this edition, BJ. It's, hang on, hang on, hang on. What more could you ask for? Sacks on, sacks off. He's been, hey, yeah, Jesus I'm- rose from the dead and now sacks on, sacks off is back after you put a line through his career on uh, last week's episode of The 1-1. Well, it, it said uh, the stewards' report said trainer advised horse will now be leaving the stable. I don't know why, but I found that I found that extremely uh, humorous for whatever reason. But it's back to uh, Brian Rogers, who trained him for his last winner, even though uh, he got that win got taken off him. Luckily, the punters still got to keep their money a few months later. <laughs> so I don't really care what they did during that day. But uh, yeah, I'll be uh, he'll be 150 to one, and I'll be uh, I'll be having something on for sure. Mainly because I mentally couldn't deal with him winning at 100 to one and um, and not being on. So a little late shop on the exchange for me but um no look this is an 89 plus yes. race and you've got uh, lord fandango 94 spiritual warrior 101 uh, he's a parker 88 nothing else is even close to that so oh i just yeah spiritual warrior should yep. be winning um but the blinkers go off up to 3200 i'm not i'm not interested at the shorts and yeah if dark musket didn't miss a run um it was scratched uh from the uh pinjaro carp if, if dark musket didn't miss a run i'd be interested maybe on an each way base at 10 to 1 this is his third no, I'm gonna this stay is his third crack at the WA cup loves 3200 meters absolutely he won in 2018 and then he finished third to mm-hmm. capo dioro capo last Dioro. year mm-hmm. so he loves the uh the ascot two miles but yeah it's a it's a pretty strange race isn't it it's like you've got um two divisions which you you almost feel like more than half of the field should be starting from the 2400 meter mark really while um it should be a different time yeah, you could be like well, a, thing, this could thing be a staggered is, this is start. the type of race you can 
this is the type of race you can get. In the past, I've had some really good success finding horses that just shouldn't yeah. be in this race. My favourite one, I didn't win the race, was a horse by the name of Battle yeah. King. Um, I think it was 250s early. It jumped about 50s, ran third. But, I mean, I'm talking I've got over 50 to one the place fixed or something like that. It's that type of race where it's really uh, specific to a horse that will run out the 2300. I, I, I told you off air before we started that I wanted to try and make a case for a horse like a designer prince or something of that nature that I just think will grind away all day. But uh, I struggled to, to do so. Um I don't think Stafford's lad will probably mm. stay all day, but it will be back last, which is a, a bit of a pain in that sense. Um, I know that we know that Sacks on Sacks off gets a thirty-two hundred. Has run a place in yeah, this race, he sure has. Uh, in yep. the past, actually, but uh, poor old Saxon looks like he um, he just wants to have a nap. I think he's. Uh, yeah, I think the poor bug has just had enough of uh, horse racing, uh, to be honest. But uh, I'm staying out. What are you tipping? I'm I'm not interested here, BJ. I'm just going to figure out in a quaddy. I'll probably just take the favourites, and I don't know. I don't know what I'll do. I'm I've I've got no just on sax off. I just love the mm. the uh, the way that the Brian Rogers stable just go about their business. Like, um, not concerned with him running beaten beaten 23 lengths at Geraldton last night they've just whacked him straight straight into yeah, the obvious straight into it? the 3200 meter mm. WA Cup um poor old sax on sax off like um we'll ask you one yeah. question with the yard though they, they seem to know when their horses they are going to win now I'm I'm going to just try I'll make sure I word this correctly but we saw Paddy's forecast um a couple of starts ago at uh Pinjarra sat deep the trip Bunbury Pinjarra one of the two I get yep. confused uh, sat deep the trip was backed off the map as if unbeatable and, and won like it was far lap last start yesterday at Ascot uh, it was a harder race but uh, it just drifted like the absolute wind and I haven't watched a replay but it didn't uh, I don't think it went all that well so um, yeah it's 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 interesting yeah they uh, they know when they're, they're going to win and when they, they when they do they, they tend to perform definitely a money stable that's for sure but uh, mm. I can't see sacks on sacks off uh, playing a part but um, uh the only really looks to be the the four, the the three the three chances. I'm I'm probably going to put a line through Dark Mustard to be honest. Um, Spiritual Warrior Lord Fandango, he's a Parker. I think Spiritual Warrior will win. This horse just keeps getting better and better and better. He's won a Kalgoorlie Cup, Bull and Bush Tavern Cup, Pinjarra Cup. Was desperately unlucky not to run top three in the Perth Cup. Um, he's only five. He's done quite a bit of racing, but he's um he's just he's really starting to to put it all together. Carries weight, races on speed. Um, gee, they're going to have to whatever beats him is going to have to earn it. That's all I can say. I just think I just think yep. he'll win. Lord Fandango was pretty brave in the Pinjaro Cup. Three wide, no cover the entire. Whacked away um, well enough. Second up, thirty two hundred. It's an ask, isn't it? Yeah, this is uh, this is old school Lindsay Smith actually. This 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 yeah. kind of um, this kind of mission for Lord Fandango. He was the master of the uh, first up. 2000 meter winner back in the day so he's winding back the clock here with lord fandango but yeah he i think he ran third or fourth in a caulfield cup a couple of years ago lord fandango so he's a pretty pretty good stayer on his day and um oti racing um have uh, given lindsey smith a crack at rejuvenating um this former german import so good luck to lord fandango he, he looks for me he looks the I don't think he's a Parker can necessarily turn the tables on Spiritual Warrior. No, but I think so. I agree. He's a Parker's favourite with some corporates as at the time of writing speaking. Okay, really? 
Mm, mm, it actually is, yeah. I mean, spiritual warriors, you said, it's just such an obvious pick. I mean, the $2.50 might actually really represent some value. I'm, as I said, I'm going to stay out, but uh, I, I 100% agree with you that Lord Fandango, to me, is probably the yeah. main danger. Yeah, he's, he's the main danger for me. I'd, he's a Parker, is the weight horse. Like, he's got six kilos of spiritual warrior, and he's, his rating slides in nicely at the, because um, this is 89 plus, and he's an 88 mm-hmm. rater. Uh, I just think that, I don't think, I can't see him being stronger at the end of two miles than spiritual warrior myself. Uh, the only horse I can see capable of doing that potentially is Lord Fandango. Uh, but for me, I reckon this is set up nicely for another Spiritual Warrior win. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Spiritual Warrior, um, as long as we're allowed to, um, next season go interstate and, and, and win a feature cup. Not a huge race, but a feature cup race somewhere around because he's just a really, really good, tough stayer, this fellow. So yeah. Yeah, if, if, if the other two, if he's a Parker doesn't get the trip and Lord Fandango isn't fit enough, Spiritual Warrior could win this by um, six or seven or eight lengths as well. Yeah. Um, that's just how big the class gap should be on the remainder of the field. This this is It's not impossible to win this by 10 lengths type thing. So, um, yeah, interesting watch. I, I won't be playing, but yeah, Spiritual Warrior for us both on top, BJ. Okay, now we move on to the feature race on the 10 event program, race nine, the Amelia Park WA size produce stakes, a group three, 1400 meter event for the two-year-olds. And we see the um, high class Philly watch me dance dominating the market currently around the dollar ninety dollar eighty uh, quote. Um, she stands out as she well and truly stands out as the horse to beat in this after her slashing second in the Caracatta play last start. Terry, um, can you be contrarian here and find something that could possibly knock off this odds on pop? No, no, I've marked a Jamison type quote. Jamison lost, Albert. But we tipped against Jamison. Uh, about the winner, actually. Um, I think she uh, she just wins. Watch me dance. This is a weak looking size. Um, last year was a pretty weak size, actually, as well. Um, but watch me dance. We'll settle closer from the better gate. Um, and I think she just wins. Her runs against American Choice, um, against Precautionary, who hasn't had much luck, um, have just been superior. And she's now mm. drawn a gate. She's out to the 1400. Uh, unless she trains off or unless she has horribly bad luck. I think she can have bad luck and still probably win. Um, she should just be be winning this. I, I know she settles well back, but I think from the better draw, I think I honestly believe she can just about hold the back of the speed here. Um, mm. No surrender and um, maybe the white witch go forward. And the only danger has to me has to be, like we, we looked at in the Karakata with I'm a single man, is a point of difference horse. And, and that for me is Chicklet. Um, really like the first up effort, but uh, it's really hard to um, to come at a horse second start in, the, in a group three. Um, like this so uh, watch me dance $1.65 my book um, I'll be looking at maybe chucking um, her into Red Army earlier in the day and if we can shop above 4 to 1 that double um, I'm I'm a happy man Bernard yeah yeah she's she's the real deal this this filly and you know if you go back and look at the start of the Karakata plate just seemed to slip and just just yeah just proved really costly late um What's he foul? Short half head failed to run down. I'm a single man who admittedly was was pretty awesome in, in winning himself from a pretty hard run. But yeah, her, her previous run to that, she chased hard behind Starfield Impact. Um, third in the Magic Moon, she's she's a really, really good filly. Um, this has sort of always looked her race, even before like, you know, a month or two ago, it was always, oh, watch me dance is more of a size 
Philly, but she was just awesome in the in the character plate. And um, as you said, provided she hasn't um, gone backwards at all, as two-year-olds can do, um, but she looks like she's a tough, robust, I'm all the talk um, two-year-old, and I think she should um, – she deserves to, to win the size, and I think she will – uh, only bad luck, I think, stands in the way of a watch me dance victory. You, d- you did say about point of ho- point of difference horse being Chicklet. Mm-hmm. I might just I might just say that precautionary is a bit of a point of difference horse in it in a way because she, although she has competed against watch me dance, she just hasn't really been afforded any favors at all, has she? Like, hasn't drawn a gate no. once. Hasn't drawn a gate once was um, and in the Caracalla just got absolutely smashed when trying to get clear and and the, the the difference being is that she wasn't she was never really able to show us what what she was capable of of on the day because Sean O'Donnell just never never got out um, in the Caracalla plate so for me I think precautionary is the 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 biggest danger to um, watch me dance uh, American choices. Um, has had a couple of genuine excuses recently, but I don't necessarily think she has the uh, engine to match Watch Me Dance over 1,400 metres. Um, pretty confident Watch Me Dance will get the job done. If anything happens to knock her off, it it could be precautionary, but that's a bit of a stretch, I think. Yeah, Watch Me Dance, very simple. Wins. Good. Good, good, good. Okay, it's time for the Get Out Stakes the GRS, Terry? it's not a two-horse race this week either after we've had the Red Can, Lava Rod Man, Red Can Man and Lava Rod. And then we've uh, seen uh, Celebrity Queen and um, Cryptic Love. Just touching on that race last week. Mm. Um, Pike outrode Harvey there. Uh, Harvey found trouble at the top of the straight when he should have been riding his horse a bit... Uh, found a little bit of trouble at the top of the straight. I think uh, Pike might have been on the better horse, but... Um, I really do feel that was a uh, just a, a better ride from Pike. So uh, it was a tremendous little match race to finish the day, though, and it was uh, it was a good viewing. Um, actually, it wasn't good viewing. I did my ass on Cryptic Glove. It was uh, it was a good horse race. It was a good horse race, nonetheless. So. I will say that I've seen the uh, well, when, well, most people would have seen the um, sectional times come through, mm. and they almost ran exactly the same yep. times from the thousand meters home. So they just matched. Match motors, I guess, for the last yeah. thousand meters and of the Cryptic race. Love and found trouble at the top of the straight, and Celebrity Queen didn't. So people will say, "Oh, Celebrity Queen, the better horse." Not, not necessarily. You, you swapped the run. Yeah, I think they're pretty even, evenly matched. Yeah, I, I think it might have been um, a ding donger. Celebrity Queen's a three-year-old though, so she might have a bit more. Um, potentially, might have a bit more upside. But anyway, it's Maybe. get out stakes time. Market City meets get cool. out stakes, largest retail butcher shop in Perth. If you would like to enter this very popular competition, jump onto Twitter at the11pod. Let us know who you think will win the race tent, the Crown Perth Handicap at uh, Ascot this Saturday, and please send through a decimal winning margin. So uh, two decimal points would be preferred. One is acceptable, but um, send them through in a decimal format. That's who you think will win, and then you could be in the running for a delicious, succulent gourmet beef pack from Market City Meats, Terry. Nom, nom, nom. (laughs) Snacky Chan will be very impressed once he he gets stuck into some of those Market City Meats beef. So, um, yeah. Who wins the last? Who wins the last? Four-horse race. Four-horse race for those playing at home, I reckon, here. Um... I uh, obviously Indian Chance uh, come to town did a number of them not sure how 
big that pink and grey form line is going to um, going to stack up. But really, really did it uh, nice and comfortably. He has made a mess of a few starts in the past old uh, old IC. So. Um, Barrier three, if he ends up back amongst the ruck, it could be a, a difficult old ride. Uh, the second of the chances is Ocean's 15, obviously. A um, bit of a query. He always starts under the odds for mine. Big ownership group, um, mm. which which makes it uh, makes him a difficult betting proposition at the at the thinner quotes. But uh, up to the 1,400, blinkers off and the wide gate. A little bit sticky for me, so I'm, I'm happy staying out of Ocean's 15. Definitely think uh, he can win, but um, happy staying out. Third one, Nikia Aura Star, who is a fresh horse absolute rockets fresh recent trial was uh tremendous uh with the apprentice on uh first up last campaign came from last against the pattern of the day behind um beauty canas ran second that day to blackwood river um yep it was it was the run of the day this is a true fresh horse pike goes on which is really interesting to note because um chris parnham was available and chris parnham rides for this yard um basically religiously so um they've obviously showing a bit of a sign of intent by william pike going on here and um he can definitely win the race but um i'm gonna go for the fourth uh for the fourth of my uh selections here bj um and go with baby blues um Mm. On paper, the form may not look as strong, but the first up run behind time to sizzle on a day where everything leading one was was huge. He actually jumped well for Harvey, was restrained, sat deep. Uh, the way he hit the line was just phenomenal. Uh, absolutely made Snippy Miss look second rate, which I think is an interesting form line to grab from that race because Snippy Miss is going quite nicely at the moment. Second up, was a little bit flat actually in winning. Um, uh, was a little bit flat in winning at um, Bunbury. Um, the second horse didn't frank the form. The third horse, Porfirio, if I can pronounce that one, uh, did, but um, forgave that run. Even though he he uh, she won the race, uh, came out. Uh, uh, at her most recent outing with the blinkers on down to the 1200 meters while only winning by 0.6 for length was held up the majority of the straight and when Harvey got clear air absolutely murdered the line like that was that was super impressive super 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 impressive um, that day I actually took $2.20 started 380 bet fair SP so I actually felt like mm. I lost after that race to be honest with you um, I hate taking unders it's um, it's it's probably it's a it's not a nice thing I don't know what I'm trying to say there um, I'm trying to watch. It I'm trying, sucks. I'm trying to watch the. I'm trying to watch the first of Pinjara at the same time. Where I've actually, Pikey's just won something different. Um, but one thing I do really like about Baby Blues is the fact that she's got a lot of X factor, a bit of upside. Um, you go back to her win against Adelaide Ace. That was a really, really big effort. I mean, that was a three-year-old maiden, but the third horse was uh, Naughty by Nature, who was storming at him late. So that's a really nice little form line. Then came out to run second to KC over the 1,400. KC obviously made that form look reasonable. Uh, didn't she, BJ, over the uh, over the next uh, the next couple of months? So I just Certainly think this did. Is, yeah, I just think this is your point of difference horse, and um, it's got the X factor, and you're talking 12, 13, 14, 15 to one. I took some 17s this morning. Still still 12 bucks where I'm looking now. Like, just, that's a no-brainer. Like, I think it's a yeah, four-horse I was, race. Uh, I, was se- I was $7, baby blues. So. I was, what was I? I was uh, $5.50. So, um, yep. yeah, absolute no-brainer for me. Baby blues at uh, the 12, 13, 14 mark. Uh, each way, all day. Good stuff. Yeah, I... Um you summed up all the winning chances that I found as well. I've got nothing more to add to that in regards to who who the genuine um, 
winning hopes are, I think you summed it up pretty well. I ended up with Ocean's 15 on top. Uh, ran into Cryptic Love last start. No disgrace to get gunned down by her. And we, we both really liked Cryptic Love to come out and knock off Celebrity Queen last Saturday. So we've got to respect the, the form line. Mm-hmm. Blinkers off up to 1,400 metres. Uh, wonder... I'm imagining they're going to be a little bit more positive, perhaps, um, on Ocean's 15, who who did show um, gate speed, I suppose, um, in his uh, first racing preparation. Pro- has covered additional ground with a bit of cover, I suppose, uh, yeah. at both runs this prep. It's been – and hasn't necessarily been in the worst part of the track either, to tell no. you the truth. No, no, no but – um, Just so, – sorry to interrupt. That, that like, right. race-wide for the majority in the stewards report, I don't understand why that had to go in because it had the back – it had the – the back of sweet dreaming, three wide line, no cover. I don't think that. I don't think there needs to be anything in the stewards' report there because, um, yeah, horses race three wide with cover all the time, and they don't go in the report, so that shouldn't be in there. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I was just going to say that even though it has covered additional ground, it hasn't necessarily been disadvantaged its first two starts, and it's been there, just about there to win on both occasions. It hasn't quite been able to get it done. I'm just thinking third up, rock hard now. Um, I reckon if it's going to win one, this is this is its day. I marked it 380. It's currently 380 best available, which is about right. But I'm with you as well. I really, I really think that this is a good option for Baby Blues. Big wrap on this filly. No Harvey, but lack, um, doesn't doesn't lose much with Joey as a party going on board. We'll be drifting sort of backish and charging late. Hard to knock Snippy Misses last up second behind. Um, Last of the line, that's pretty good form. Yeah, it's a nonny. She's she's mapping well from five. So yeah, yeah, she's only won the the one race now, but is um just puts herself in into contention uh, on most occasions. Uh, but for me, and, and also Indian Chant um, is a genuine winning chance. Also, it was a good result for us first up uh, at his first crack in town last last day. It was interesting. I think that horse was. Um, from a map point of view, was aided significantly by the late scratching of um, what was the horse? Uh, Rewrite the stars that came out at the gates. Ah, uh, yeah. And uh, Mitchie Payton was was just able just to land in a in a pretty sweet position in running um, with 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 that horse, you know, potentially taking um, taking up a forward position, which would have meant. Indian Chant might not necessarily have landed where it did, but still was good enough to have the closing speed and get the job done quite impressively. Another of the Fernie Camp that's absolutely humming this horse. But for me, I'm thinking Ocean's 15 will win, but I'll definitely be having something on Baby Blues as well. Um, I liked uh, Terry's thought process and I like the price. I was a $7 chance. Snippy Miss, uh, not sorry, Snippy Miss, sorry, Baby Blues and um, currently best available $12. So that'll do me as well, Terry. So similar similar thought thought patterns, yeah. Very good. I like it. I like it. With Baby Blues as well, just in the run, I'm not entirely certain what they'll do. If they go back, I'm, I'm okay with that. But with um, Next Stop the Moon and uh, She's a Light, John 15, 16, Baby Blues 13. Joey, they might even, because it's got a little bit of early speed, it actually led uh, when it beat Adelaide Ace. Uh, who obviously made that form look pretty good and it led when it ran second to KC as well. So it wouldn't surprise me with the blinkers on. Um, if they go forward and try to tuck in behind those two horses coming across from out wide, who will obviously no doubt go forward as well. So um, yeah, look for a potentially aggressive ride. But if, if 
in saying that, they they do go down the other uh, path and, and take a hold and look to ride him cold in a three-wide line type thing. I'm also okay with that. But, um, yeah, either way they ride him, let's just hope they have a plan and um, and getting some cover from the gates, obviously, the big issue. There's there's obviously every chance he could be uh, posted without cover or get too far back. So um, we definitely want to be uh, taking – we definitely want the price to be playing from the gate, but we've got it. So I'm um, very happy being involved with Baby Blues. Me too. Good, good end to the uh, WSI's Produce Stakes Day preview, Terry. Mm. Um, but uh, we need to head now towards our best betting proposition. And you, you already let uh, you already let the listeners know what uh, you what your thoughts are. I just want to repeat that in case anyone missed it earlier uh, earlier in the show. Uh, Moshard, Moshard. I might be saving Black Ducati, but that that's, doesn't seem like the way I've carried on now. I don't feel like I can save just to uh, just to really make a point. So uh, Moshard, eight bucks. Um, even if you can't get the eight bucks, if you have to take five bucks or four bucks, I'm I'm happy with that. So Moshard, best of the day, comfortably. Okay, yeah. Obviously, yeah, and you also mentioned the uh, the the Red Army Watch Me Dance double yeah. as a as a pretty yep. safe play, and uh, I think the Son of a God. Uh, what was the second leg of your double the other day? Some of a god, Tuscan Queen. That was a, a three dollar double last Saturday, that which which was pretty pretty comfortable viewing and quite juicy. Um, so maybe something along those lines as well. Terry's Terry's also alluded to the Red Army and Watch Me Dance double, which um, could be a light, nice little multi for for listeners as well. For me, the best betting proposition of the day goes to spiritual warrior i think he's just about a moral in the wa cup um at the moment 245 best available i reckon he's a genuine even money chance and i reckon spiritual warrior might even put a bit of a space in those um wa cup uh in the opposition on saturday there so that's the way i'll be going there very good. I like it. Uh, what about Maddie Territory? I do like quite a few at uh, at value this week. We've tipped Locomotive at sixteen to one, Baby Blues twelve to one, Mervyn eight to one. Um, but they're all they're all just shy of our uh, our twenty dollar quote. I'm pretty sure yours. Uh, you've already floated yours, haven't you, BJ? Yeah. So for me, my Maddie is race six, number five, British Bessie. Best available at the moment, $26, 20, plenty of $21 available. So happy to have to side with, uh, with Bessie at her uh, fresh um, over the mile on Saturday. Yeah, look, I, I'd be... Uh, I'd be naming one for the sake of naming one here, so I'll cheat a little bit and I'll go with locomotive. It's sixteen to one currently, so we're we're just shy of the twenty to one. But um, if I don't say locomotive, I'm probably going to say sax on sax off. We can't actually win the race. I'd just be saying it because I'm an idiot. So um, let's let's stick with locomotive, uh, and I'll just uh, I'll lower the bar from the the twenty bucks to the um, to sixteen just for a for a short period. We'll we'll allow that, won't we, Beach? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't um, mention skin and tins in your summary of uh, the Get Out Stakes on Saturday, Terry, especially after the uh, horror viewing um, at Ascot last Saturday. Um, but, yeah, not quite Maddie territory, but I'm surprised she didn't skin and tins didn't crack a mention, especially considering the uh, Maley and McNaught combination. Yeah, no, I'm trying to erase it from my memory after uh, after last uh, after last week. But uh, no, down to the 1400 uh, against some really nice up and comers, uh, drawn wide. Uh, no, no, wouldn't wouldn't take triple the current price to be honest, BJ. All right, so. Um 
just a reminder to everyone, to all our listeners out there, that uh, uh, Terry occasionally, Daniel Cripps, and of course Pete McCormack, all uh, both of those fellas have been guests on the one one. They um, often throw up some uh, lays, some Betfair lays. Um, so I've done that for a while, have we? Yeah. So tune into Twitter in case there's a there's a uh, one of those fellas want to take on uh, one of the faves on Saturday. Um, and if if uh, Cripper or Pete McCormick do happen to put something on Twitter, we'll make sure that we share it from the the one one feed. Um, now we have to move on to the horses to follow segment. Yes. Um, what have you got for us, Terry? A couple from last Saturday. Um, Rocky Pass last two have been pretty hard to miss uh, for everybody, I am sure. So I'm um, eligible for something a little bit easier. So look for Rocky Pass to find a nice uh, a nice swoopers track midweek. Geez, Rocky Pass would have loved that um, that track on Monday at uh, at Bunbury if they could have found a suitable yeah. race there. It, coming down the outside to one by. Could have won by 30 lengths. Um, Amelia's a fire. Amelia, <laughs> sorry, Amelia's on fire was ridden um, against Patton, was ridden cold the field. I really like the way uh, that she hit the line. So I think look for a race she can go forward and dominate or, or get uh, a run closer to the speed. I'd just be surprised if she's not winning at her next outing. Um, and Tredenzia in the same race as Rocky Path. I thought yep. um, I thought yep. that was a really big run and, and will go better again um, a lot closer to the speed and is another that was eligible for a lot easier. So, um, yeah, I've got a stack of horses I, I could chuck in the to follow list. Um, Diamonds for All was ridden with a sit, which I... I was highly frustrated by that. I just didn't understand the possible thought process with that last Friday. So I look for it to find a race that can roll the lead at 1,600-plus. I think it'll be pretty hard to catch. Um, Trump this for Tiana Robertson on her 30th birthday. It's it's flying. Yeah. Um, La Beyond. You just pinched pinch one of mine, Terry. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I, uh, yeah. I, I didn't know that. Um, That's all right. And uh, we're in uh, we're in uh, we're in agreement there. Trump this. And uh, if we're going to go down south, um, Billy Jack, a horse I mentioned earlier, um, be nice to see another jockey on top. But Billy Jack looks like a serious little racehorse for uh, for Bobby Bell down in Albany. I haven't seen Desi Atwell hasn't really lifted for me in a while, so I might need a new cult hero down south, BJ. So I might have to become Robert Bell uh, potentially. And um, one other runner I want to mention is Ever as Ready. Is flying down south. Wait, it was a it was a, a bullshit leader bias track last time they raced in Albany. Wait for a track he can make some ground. Ever as ready is um is going really well down there, and it starts a big price uh, every time it goes around. So, um, there's a few to keep you going, BJ. Plenty of gold there from the guru. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Terry Trump. This was a really really eye catching first up run for the Tiana Robertson Stable. Happy birthday, Tiana. Um, followed Trump. This I think it was twelve hundred the other day and um he's more of a 14 16 1800 meter horse so um follow him with confidence you threw out this horse as a uh, as an improver and geez it was a good run a horse called my fair ballantyne mm. at ascot last saturday was ridden off speed covered a bit of ground and was really strong late she um she's a three-off filly who didn't quite measure up to you know autumn classic style races but she's she's got plenty of wins in her i believe and at albany on sunday steve wolf has a horse by the name of sea warts two from two this prep a former top-notch trialer on on this show sea war won very stylishly on sunday and, and one of a number of promising three-year-olds from um the sj wolf racing camp i reckon sea war is 
gives me the impression he's going to be able to head to town soon and win. So, yep. um, Sowar has come to town and won. Eurasia's come to town and won. Those type of horses. I reckon he might be in this, a similar bracket to to see what. What about those um, betting flux last stage? So, it was for those that didn't see. It was basically eights to two twenty type thing um, early. The eights was just a complete another dog's breakfast i'm not sure how they came with eight to one in a race he was obviously gonna start uh favorite um but then late again it was probably due mm. to the pattern of the day he's got out to nearly four bucks again late so it was um yeah it was like a yo-yo the uh the fluctuations with uh with seawall yeah it wasn't wasn't um privy to any of those uh those crazy early uh prices on saturday but the uh the late bet fest stuff was was pretty Pretty handy, um, which is exactly what Sea War is. So don't be scared when he comes to town that um, to, to follow him with confidence as well. So uh, Tom Notch Trialers, uh, Terry, one of uh, the Le- Leviathan owner he is, had um, dig deep and escalating, winning their respective heats at Belmont on Tuesday. Did while you're watching any of uh, any of your own go around and dominate the session. Did you catch anything else? Is there any others you'd like to add? No, just dig deep. <laughs> just dig deep? Yeah, no, not just dig deep. I, escalating to trial, I wasn't. Uh, the, the, the camp's happy and Christo's happy, but uh, don't know. Again, escalating to me doesn't really run through the line um, all that strongly. So I, we wouldn't be making, es- definitely wouldn't be making es- escalating, sorry, a top-notch trialer. But um, dig deep, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was very exciting going forward. So um, that'll be my mm. only contribution to this segment, BJ. Although you did flag Black Ducati, and I could, I reckon you could definitely mm. stamp uh, that that mare's um, tr- Bunbury trial as top notch. Yeah, that so, was. Um, yeah. Soft as yeah. butter. Soft as yeah. butter. Yeah, moved well. And, um, yeah, so no surprise to see Black Ducati from the Michael Lane yard uh, give her race a shake uh, at Ascot on Saturday. Mm-hmm. For me, I don't have anything, in, uh, anything specific. I'd just like to turn our, our listeners' attention to 2,000-metre two-year-old Heats at Belmont on Tuesday. Heats numbers two and three. I reckon there's going to be a bit come out of come out of those heats. So it was in heat two. It was Billy Ray and Secret Plan. They are two Peter's Investments two year olds. Um, uh, they trialed really nicely. And then heat three, Sassy Trader from the Jake Sean and Jake Casey. Yard and Western Empire was another Grant and Alana Williams, um, Cerise and White trialer. All four of those particular two-year-olds, um, yeah, they looked really stylish in their in their trial performances. And there was one who really caught the eye, who finished fourth in heat two behind Billy Ray, was a horse by the name of Exquisite Star, Colin Webster, Jordan Turner, ridden. Um, unraced two-year-old I, I just think there's going to be yeah i think there's going to be a bit to play out from those particular heats from um the Bel- belmont trial session on tuesday heats two and three so jump on to chris have a look at those replays and um, put a couple of those in your black book terry very good i like it bj okay so last week we uh returned to our whatever happened to segment and uh we'll be following up with morton racing about lady sass and man booker although i'm led to believe man booker is in work at ascot and is going along swimmingly imagine that he'll be more than likely stepping out first up in the roma cup but i'll get confirmation from the yard moving forward i was just 
got and I mentioned to you off air, Terry, that um, sort of fell down a rabbit hole last night when I was doing some Red Army form and stumbled across some some horses that I hadn't uh, hadn't seen or heard from in a while, and uh, just wanted to put this out there in the whatever happened to segments. Um, Prying Tom, he uh, I was just wondering whatever happened to Prying Tom, and I've just jumped on to Racing uh, Australia website, and he's been retired. Fontaine Bleu, um, pretty good mare on her day. She's been retired also and was served by Ted Van Hempst, a very own stallion in Bondi um, in last year's breeding season. So she's in foal. And the other runner who I felt was uh, quite an early retirement considering he was only five-year-old is the former WA Derby winner Action, full brother to Regal Power. He is officially listed on Racing Australia as retired also, which is a bit of a shame. He um, he also ran famously ran second in a Perth Cup. <laughs> oh, you know, that was just Jesus Christ. I had, a, I had the uh, I had every fluctuation from thirty five dollars down. I think started three or four bucks on the day. Yep. I had that going for a uh, yeah small fortune. But um, one of the great mysteries of the turf, how action got beat in that Perth Cup. Ah. Uh, yeah, it certainly was. Peter Hall uh, and Star Exhibit got along very well, didn't they? Gee whiz, that was uh, that was a overs god. If you've ever seen one mm. on display that day, Terry, it was like, no, thank you, fellas. This is uh, this is not going to how it's going to play out today. And uh, Star Exhibit basically come from last, weaved through the field, and uh, got up and knocked off action. But um, anyway, he was a pretty good pretty good horse on his day action and it's a bit of a shame to see him um retired pretty relatively early into into his career but um anyway whatever happened to terry done and dusted i like it well that's probably us for another uh episode isn't it bj just about just about we did touch on tuscan queen and uh and we're just putting our ourselves in uh, bob peter's shoes for a day that would be nice wouldn't it um and uh and we're just trying to you know, get inside um, the the mind of uh, of Bob and um, and the powerful Peter's Investments operation. Just trying to work out what they're going to do with her in uh, season 2020-21 as a four year old mare. So we're going to return to our Twitter poll, Terry. So um, it's going to go something like this. It may change between now and when we we put it up there, the wording, but it's going to go something like this. Okay. So if you were Bob Peters, what would you do with Tuscan Queen? So I think we're going to go A, stay in WA, B, target the Caulfield Cup, C, target the Melbourne Cup, or D, target the Golden Eagle, $5 million Golden Eagle in Sydney. So we're going to chuck that up um for a bit of a, a twitter poll a bit of bit of interest um, probably tomorrow evening terry give everyone a, a bit of a uh, wet their appetite before saturday's card what do you think i like it everyone everyone needs a bit of a uh, wet appetite before we <laughs> hop into a tremendous <laughs> 10 race card which uh if things don't go well for me um yeah i might not be here next week in the uh, podcast <laughs> i might not be too enthused about coming back so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna open the shoulders on uh, on saturday so uh, yeah definitely let's, let's wet some appetite bj <laughs> <laughs> sounds good sounds good i'll, I'll let you uh bid our listeners farewell after another uh, lengthy edition of the one one Yes, episode 21. It's uh, We're still struggling to get under that hour mark. We're now struggling <laughs> to get under the three-hour mark, to be honest. But 
Look, there's something valuable in there, I'm sure. If Moshard wins, it'll be worth the pain for everyone that's, uh, that sat through the majority of this. But uh, thanks for joining us again. It looks a cracking 10 race card. Um, on uh, on Saturday, good luck to all connections in the uh, in the sires. Uh, a race that Dig Deep was famously scratched from late with a uh, hoof abscess. <laughs> I, had, I had one more Dig Deep mention in me. Uh, famously scratched from. Uh, as if, a if, only, if only he'd started, then you would have you would have uh, been oh, able to geez. give your uh, your acceptance speech on the awards night, Terry. Uh, let's not go there. Uh, we'll have a lot of Dig Deep to talk about next week, though, as he will be in. But uh, good luck to everybody, uh, not just on Saturday, but also um, in the uh, Drelton Cup on Sunday. Looks a pretty, a pretty good little affair between Push to Pass, Freeze them Off, and uh, Mycroft. We didn't have much luck last start. Um, good luck to all involved. Good luck to Daniel Cripps as well with Kyrie Yule in the Drelton Cup. I don't think uh, he's, she's won a feature since he's uh, been managing her. So uh, let's hope they can, uh, the team can lift that one. But um, uh, until next week, uh, we'll see you all again on the 1-1. One, one.